Valverde. Episode 12, this is show 205, and this is an awesome one, it's crazy, but we are winding down the regular season of fantasy football, heading into the playoffs. Hopefully uh, you're smart enough to play play the playoffs during the right weeks. Uh, You should be getting going here, uh, 14, 15, 16, and that's amazing that this has happened. So, today we're going to be dropping the knowledge, giving you the fantasy football goo like we do every week, year round. And as usual, I've got Houdini to my left. I've got Stag Party across the way from me. Dogmaticas taking an early Thanksgiving, doing some behind the scenes work on Pyro. I'm D Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And um, man, we are actually recording this show on Monday, something we rarely do. Maybe we've done it twice or a few times. Uh, maybe once. When we when I screwed up and deleted a recording or something and <laughs> made us come back for one the next day or whatnot, um, but we're doing that because it is Thanksgiving. There are three games on Thursday. We want, we wanted we wanted to we wanted to get to get a jump on getting this kind of guys, but also uh, you know it's Thanksgiving. People we have friends and family are in town, and we're trying to get uh, this party started a little early. Let's get the podcast out of the way for Week Twelve. We're trying to fast forward the week is what we're trying to do. We're trying to move space and time. I like it. I like it too. I, I want to move. We're trying to go fast like the Eagles try to go fast, except probably better. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope our results uh, deems a, uh, a better uh, score. So, anything we want to go uh, into, or should we just get going and uh, head right into the games? Which, of course, I don't even have pulled up. But I, I mean, I guess we should talk about this. Is a big week for waiver wire running backs. And people want to know who is the man to pick up, you know, for the rest of the season, for this week. And we've got our waiver wire expert, Houdini, here, so we might as well ask the guy and see what he thinks. How would you sort of rank these, you know, four or five guys going into the rest of the season? Uh, and the guys I'm talking about are, are Rawls. Yeah. I'm talking about, uh, let's see, Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. Talking about uh, Spencer Ware, potentially. Talking about uh, Buck Allen and... That's about it, right? That's Am I four. missing anybody? Am I missing anybody? <laughs> um, I think those are the main those are the main culprits you got right there. Unless you wanted to, to maybe throw one of David Cobb, and after his performance, I don't think you do. Oh, um, 
<laughs> so obviously Rawls is your A number one because now you keep hearing more word that this could be it for Lynch. They, you know, the, it might be worse than they thought. He could be out for the year. Um, either which way, I think they love what they have in Rawls, and you see that he can do exactly what the Lynch model is. They gave him 30 carries last week. So, you know, they're not shy about giving him the ball, and he's not shy about doing something special with it. Did you see that the one movie put on uh, Navarro Bowman where he just basically shook him out of his shoes? And and he has him lined up. It's perfectly ready to go. Rawls makes a a cut left, jump back right. Bowman stumbles over his own legs and falls down, takes (laughs) takes out another guy, and there goes Rawls. So he's my number one. Buck Allen has to become my number two just because they have nobody there. You're going to have Matt Schaub that's going to be brought in at quarterback. It's a it's a team full of backups, but Buck at least is going to have to be the focal point to help settle things down since you don't have a difference maker in the passing game uh, for Schaub to throw the ball to. He doesn't have Steve Smith, so... You know, it it uh, that that puts a damper on it. And as far as Tevin Coleman and uh, and both Spencer Ware go, they have guys ahead of them that have minor injuries. It looks like each of them could be back next week. Uh, your your boy Freeman uh, has passed all the. We're here at Monday, but he's passed the, the early concussion protocol, so it, it shows that it probably was not that severe of a concussion. And all likelihood is that he would be back next week. And from what it looks like with Cherkandrick uh, uh, West, I believe it was a hamstring. And it's it's not a severe hamstring, so you know it's potentially he could come back. But because of that, I'm going to put Spencer Ware higher on the list than Tevin Coleman. Because again, look, oh, look he's a soft tissue guy. Soft tissue guy. <laughs> hey, look, what happened to Elshon Jeffrey? He didn't make it out for last week, and is, you know now we're going to still have that same question lingering around for him coming up on the short week to play the Packers uh, on on Thursday night. So that's where I rank him. Nice. All right, well, let's get into the game. So. Uh, Thanksgiving is happening on the 26th of November, Thursday. Three games, as we love. They got no NBA, which is sweet. So let's get into um, the first game is going to be Chip Kelly. Uh, Well, again, if you're following us, we're on uh, NFL.com. You can go to the schedule. Uh, We always go. Then go to regular season. Then go to uh, week 12. 12, And uh, we'll be doing that from top down, uh, our list players. There's no buys this week, which is great. In a lot of ways, but for this show, which already goes three hours, we got to hustle through a lot of these games. Or we will be at four hours, which a lot of our listeners will love us for, but we're not doing it. I don't want to be here till midnight. No, no worries, but I want to make another point because I always have to be the, uh, the old curmudgeon. And we're getting close to Christmas, so I want to be a little bit of a Scrooge by humbug. Once again, the NFL does it to us. We have nobody on by. We get a lovely day of, of Thanksgiving. Three games on Thanksgiving. And they give us two games in the afternoon on Sunday. So, you know, you get the... The Cardinals at the 49ers and the Steelers at the Seahawks. That That's to occupy your, your Sunday afternoon. Thanks, NFL. I thought they flexed one of those to 425. Or is that next week? Well, maybe they're going to... They better flex one of these games because... I, th- I thought they flexed one of them, so that's something I would look at. I, I, I hope you're right, Stags. Because the way I'm looking at this thing, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with the NFL. So. Well, I'll tell you this. Next week's... A week from tonight's game... Woo-hoo! What I mean, I just I'm making plans. I'm going out. I'm not watching. <laughs> that game is terrible. Can we do our podcast next Monday too? Yeah, we should go. Yeah, let's. That's a great call. Done. I'm in. Awesome. Because we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens with a Matt Schaub at quarterback versus your boy Johnny Manziel at quarterback. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't want to see Johnny off a of bye. I like. I like this is going to be but... an advertisement for uh, minor league football. 
<laughs> this is going to be your your first your first uh, bet at having like a new uh, developmental league, and it'll start with the Ravens and the Browns. The NFL will do anything to get every single week and day of the entire year under over every other sport. All right, let's go to Chip Kelly and the Eagles against the Lions, who snuck by and then won two in a row and uh, doing some good things in the fantasy uh, lexicon. Uh, let's start with the Eagles. Sanchez couldn't get it going. Uh, you know, it wasn't terrible for fantasy owners, whatnot. But um, he got it going early, and then things just fell apart for them. They started to fall behind, and he started to press like he always does, and just threw a boatload of interceptions to the other team, including you know pick sixes and stuff that Mark Sanchez does. I mean, the running game was effective. Uh, Demarco Murray averaged another close to five yards a carry. Sproles was okay in the backup role, scored a nice little touchdown there to get fantasy owners who trusted in him some owner some some points. And then you're like you know, some owner. There's some, some owner. owner out there that did it. <laughs> I mean, at this point, how can you trust Darren Sproles, who's had one good game besides last week this season? You can't. And then, <laughs> I guarantee you Solid 9 didn't play Sproles this week. <laughs> so then, you know, just looking at these receivers, th- there was one play that can be talked about. The rest of them were awful. Uh, Josh Huff made a 39-yard touchdown catch, but it was mostly yards after the catch in which he, he showed a little bit of juice in his legs that yeah. we haven't seen from this Eagles receiving core this season. We haven't seen the yak ability of these guys uh, this season. That was supposed to be one of their real strong suits. Uh, I mean, that's like the only play I can remember them running the ball physically into the end zone as a wide receiver. Well, I'll tell you, the guy who I think that you have to pay attention to now in this offense is Brent Selleck. You know, is that because it looked like Zach Ertz broke his neck for a moment? It, it, oh my too gosh! That, that, you know, whoever is out, that's that's the problem or, or the good thing for Selleck. If, if Ertz is out, he gets all the attention. And, and over the last couple of weeks, he's already gotten more targets and yards and catches than he had in the first uh, ten weeks of the season. So, uh, you know, kudos for 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 him. He's available in every damn league right now, except for you know so. Grab him if you're looking for a quick replacement because I don't think Ertz is going to be back this week. I think he's going to have to miss this one, and he might miss two or three, I have a feeling. so I mean, he's dead in the concussion protocol right now. He's not going to be back this week. If he is, that'd be one of the biggest surprises of the offseason, or of the season because well, well, that injury just did not look well, good. I, and I think he's going to be out beyond this. I think it's going to be at least another game, if not, if not three total. So if that's the case... And you're looking at, you know, again, Selleck, who understands the offense as much as Sanchez does with all the rest of these other guys who are newer to it, look for him to be a guy that he consistently goes after. I mean, he's just getting a boatload of targets right now, and it's hard to ignore. But then you're looking at these receivers, and you're looking at Nelson Aguilar with three targets, and Josh Huff with one target, and Riley Cooper with three targets, and Jordan Matthews with four targets. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? It's just a crapshoot. And the only guy that's even near fantasy validity is Jordan Matthews, and he had a completely awful game. Luckily for him, he probably won't get the best corner. Darius Slay has been playing awesome, and like over the last three games, has only allowed 15 total yards uh, near him. Like, in his coverage, if he's playing zone, and if he's manned up on a guy, 15 total yards over the last three games. So that's just ridiculous. Uh, but he's usually more of an outside corner, so that's going to put him on Aguilar or Riley Cooper or, you know, who knows at this point, Josh Huff, I guess. Uh, so Jordan Matthews could still see a nice fantasy day, but are you counting on that anymore? 
No. Well, how about the Lions, though? You know, so a little bit of a resurgence coming back over over the last couple weeks here. Stafford still does not do anything that's going to endear me to to say that I want to start the guy. Um, you don't throw a touchdown. Uh, you, he ran for a touchdown, which the guy never runs for a touchdown. And he ran for like thirty one yards. I know. Too, so I know. You got a little bit of bonus from uh, his legs the other day, but. Yeah, he's a hard guy to trust. He's just not throwing touchdowns. He's not connecting with Calvin Johnson. Eric Ebron's dropping dimes. Uh, oh my gosh, have you guys seen the drop he had in the corner of the end zone? Because Stafford put it on the line, clear through his hands. How does that happen? I, me and who? Just so it's known, Houdini and I were at the Bears game, so I have watched a little bit of less football games uh, this week than haven't had time to get back. I, on I, the, only, got, uh, I only got through a, game a, day a quarter of the rewind. Games. And and what <laughs> they were and what they were saying is he has the highest uh, drop rate among tight ends, tied with Tyler Eifert. Mm. He drops ten percent of his targets, like ten percent. Uh, well, the guy, the guy to me that, just... that's getting to get all the targets and continue to get the targets is Theo Riddick. And you know when you're when you're talking about that Darren Sproles play or whatever, I much rather play a Theo Riddick here, especially if we're talking PPR, because he is Stafford is is scared of making the big mistakes, so he's 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 checking it down on the offense. And the, what's eleven targets he got last week is ridiculous. Theo Riddick has the most catches in the fourth quarter of any player in the NFL. Wow. <laughs> Garbage Mo's time. Those guy, yep. he called, he liked it. He called it. Well, what's going on with Calvin? Obviously, Calvin's basically a, a four to six catch guy for eighty five yards. That's basically his. He's, uh, he's, he's got to get in the end steady. zone. He's got to get in the end zone. But yeah. right now, he's yeah four to six catches for eighty yards. You're not mad. You're not happy. You're just like. Come on, Calvin, give, give me one of the big ones. You owe me. Yeah, explosion <sighs> on this. Well, and at least you're getting the same type of production out of Golden Tate right now. And let's see. I think if there's any team he could sort of explode for, against, it's these Philadelphia Eagles who lit up five touchdown passes to a rookie last week <sighs> and absolutely were beat up in the end zone on a fade route by Mike Evans. Perfect tiptoe catch. Yeah, and then sick. also Vincent Jackson got one. And seemingly every receiver well, you've never five heard Five different of. people. Five, five different yeah. uh, re- uh, receivers. And yeah. that was sort of the theme of the day. Both quarterbacks who threw for five touchdowns threw them to five different receivers. Yep. Nice. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Obviously, the Chip Kelly situation. A quick call by you guys is Chip Kelly, the coach for the Philadelphia Eagles next year. Yep. Yeah, sure he is, because he's still the GM. He's not firing himself. It's Lurie's. Lurie doesn't have a sh- He's got a short hook. I don't know. They they are they they run think, the most plays. They're number one in that. Is of course you thought that. I think they're they have the least amount of time on the field, and they're like they're 17th or 18th in scoring. I think the benefit that he's got right now is that he's still in a winnable division. So, <laughs> uh, you know, anything can happen before the uh, before we get into the, uh, the the end of the season, and they can still find themselves in the playoffs because of how pathetic the division is. All right, let's go on to the next game, the second game. on Right now, you'll probably be waking up from a little bit of a slumber, or you'll either be about to eat, or if you're one of those families that eats at one. Like, I hate that. I like eating like when it's like you're supposed to eat dinner. My sister's like, let's just get it over with. Come on, we're eating at 1.30. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> yes, my sister, I think, is like Matt Damon a lot. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, is that so, a compliment? <laughs> no. Matt Damon. It's not. Um, Matt Damon. So one uh, one thing is... Uh, Matt Damon. Stop. 
telling you to move the cord. I know. Keep the Every cord. time that you, no, I'm not even kicking Matt the cord. Damon. You're kicking it right now. Matt Damon. Dude, stop kicking the cord. Matt Damon. <laughs> All right, Panthers at Cowboys, still kicking the car. Look where you're going. My shoe's not moving though. So yeah. how about the sure. big? How about the Matt big? Damon. <laughs> the big news today is Dallas is favored in this game against the 10 0 Carolina Panthers team, and that just looks like something that's, you know, how how does that happen? Especially with Cam Newton coming off a five touchdown game and just playing hot as ever. I mean. The issues are Ted Ginn's got a little bit of a knee injury. So, you know, where is he going to be? Corey Brown, you know, when they talked about his availability today, it's like, oh, we don't really know about Philly. We don't know if he'll be back this week. And if so, that could be a big, big boost for Devin Funchess, who played uh, 61 snaps this week after playing a total of 50 the last three games. So he's definitely a guy who's going to be more involved should Philly Brown miss. Um, he, well, yeah, and look, he's he's a guy that, that you're a rookie that was ex- a lot was expected of him. It, it took him a longer time to figure things out in the offense. He's now becoming uh, etching out a larger role. He has the size to be an effective red zone target. Philly Brown, Ted Ginn, these guys aren't guys that you can lean on uh, to throw the ball to on any fade routes or any type of post routes or anything like that into the end zone when you're inside the five or six yard line, but. When you have a guy like Funches, he has that ability. He just needs to learn how to how to run those routes better. But he's coming along, and they need him. If the way that they're going, this is a playoff bound team that that needs to have him develop because they need to have a weapon when they get into some type of a game when they have a shootout. So he's going to have to get a lot more targets and get seasoned quickly. So I th- I have a feeling that he's just going to by necessity kind of start seeing more uh, you know targets and production no question I mean, why did that team not go for any other wide receivers in such a deep class like why didn't they go for any of these total speedsters a guy that can take the uh, top off the defense i don't understand what the they are just so barren at that receiver position and cam's still lighting it up um what's going on obviously uh since week 5 jonathan stewart is a top 5 back now he's lighting or no Top five back, but now he's in the top ten on the season. Uh, obviously, was he's giving started. people a headache. Yeah, he's a start. He's a running back, well, one borderline running back too, and he's 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 getting it done for you. Hundred yards this year and a receiving touchdown, right? Or this yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. And that he, team's just it, it, it's a great it's a great offense to be the uh, lead cowbell back on right now. The, yeah, the only problem is still he just doesn't get. He gets snake bitten for the the rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's where he got saved this last week with the receiving touchdown. But at least he got over 20 carries. That's the thing that I'm encouraged by. Well, he gets 20 carries every week now. Every week he's getting 20 carries, and he's getting you 80-plus yards. You know you're going to get like eight points out of Jonathan Stewart at this point in time, especially when they're just up. They're going to run the ball, and he's going to be the main benefactor of that. Just He's going to get a nice load of carries. The thing that's really been sort of... Befuddling is where have his receptions gone this season? He's averaging like one a game, uh, but at this point, if he's going to continue to get twenty plus carries, you just can't worry about it. You just got to keep riding him, and then you know he's going to get a touchdown every other week, maybe, maybe every three weeks. And you, you just got to do what you got to do. But at this point, he's one of the most consistent backs out there. Uh, Dallas isn't very good against opposing running backs, so you're starting him. Yeah. Greg Olson, stud. I mean, you're starting him. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, Dallas is very good against tight ends. Is only allowed, like, 
four total touchdowns and 400 yards um, and like 40 catches on the season to the tight ends. So over 10 games, that's like four catches for 40 yards to a tight end a week. But Greg Olson is the wide receiver one for this team, so it doesn't matter. It's been the benefit of him. Two years in a row now, he has just been the de facto wide receiver one for Carolina. I mean, last year is debatable. Well, because Kelvin Benjamin emerged as, as so much, but he was still the initial guy that he was going to, and then and then, but they were it was the one-two punch. He was basically still like a, a, a okay, maybe a, a wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver two. Well, he's been so good that you're not even excited about him anymore because it's expected now. Yeah, you used I just, to be you know what? So I'm basking in the glow of it. It's like you know you can't you can't bash it anymore. It's not like oh, okay, we'll give you Greg Olson. I'll, I'll take it. I know, I know, I was right on that one. All right, let's go over to the Cowboys. Mr. Romo back. Uh, I think people thought he was going to deliver a better fantasy game for you this week, but he delivered a win, something that hadn't happened <laughs> since he left uh, with that shoulder injury, which is crazy. They're still in the hunt. Uh, what do you like in this game um, for uh, this offense, if anything? Panthers are tough. Panthers are tough. So, But the, the thing that I look for is, again, my guy making his resurgent comeback, Mr. Terrence Williams. Uh this is what he needs. He cannot be the number one guy. He needs to have an actual quarterback. Having Des Bryant, who's going to get Josh Norman and all the extra protect, uh, uh, attention from Carolina, Williams is going to be the guy that's going to have to make the plays. And for whatever reason, he had no chemistry with any other quarterback that they had there when Romo wasn't there. As soon as Romo comes back, here, what does he do? It was a four catch of 79 yards and a touchdown. So the amount of touchdowns that he scores with Romo is it's staggering to me. So that connection Gronk-esque. is it, it's it's serious, it's real, and with all the attention going the other way, and the fact that I imagine that they'll be playing from behind in this game because I don't think that their defense is going to be able to stop that that running game. And I think that Romo is probably going to end up probably turning the ball over at least once in this game. So you know, I I, I do like Terrence Williams in the in those late garbage yards time. I mean, I. I... Terrence Williams will be okay, except they're going to move Des Bryant around the formation a ton. That's something that Dallas always does. And Josh Norman doesn't play in the slot. So they will put Des Bryant in the slot in order to get better matchups against, what, Ben Ber- Benerwicki? I can't even pronounce his name. That's how bad of a corner he is. So Des Bryant, you know, you're still playing him. You know, don't worry too much about the Norman effect. People keep asking about the Julio playoff Norman effect. And the thing is, they move Julio around the formation the same way the Cowboys move around Dez. So if you're just watching this game from a simple you know, film study perspective, this is what it's going to be like for Julio. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the run game is what was really the factor. Uh, you know, Darren McFadden had 29 carries for 120-something yards. Uh, didn't score again, got a couple of catches. He's just getting such serious volume that he's someone to be reckoned with, except the Panthers. He's going to have trouble running against the Panthers. Uh, I mean, if you look at just the season splits as a whole against running backs, the Panthers are pretty awful. But in games that Keekley has played and you know just that sort of factor uh, and games that Otoole has played, I think they're averaging like two yards a carry. It's ridiculous. Uh, two, or 2.8 yards a carry. So not exa- well, that's a little bit better. Uh, so there's that sort of, you know, it's not going to be great, but he's still going to get volume to where he's a running back too. I mean, at this point, that's all you can really ask for because well, there's I nobody think, else around to, to get You're also going to have to hope that he's going to get the play. 
when they're behind and he's going to be getting he some does. screen passes and he's going to be making the, in the play as a receiver. And that's, that's where what he does. I think that's where he's going to be more effective in this game. I don't think you're going to be expecting him to do as much damage running the ball against the uh, the Panthers, but he's going to have to try to do it as a receiver coming out of the backfield or just being moved out as a receiver in uh, empty empty sets. Well, D-Max paying off. Run DNP as long as he's playing is um, could be a, a real game changer for fantasy owners. I, I was fired up for him all off season, and I didn't get him in any of my leagues. And I want to look and when I do my audit after the season's over, I want to see where he was actually going or why I shied away from him because I, I knew that this was going to happen with him. I really did. I knew that DMAC, I knew that the underwear snatcher was not the answer. Uh, let's go to uh, Witten. Whatever he's pretty much whatevs. Uh, anyone else to talk about? Little Beasley, that little that little guy. I mean, the slot receiver has had success against these Panthers. It's a dart throw, but he's not a guy who scores very many touchdowns. So it's not like where I where, where I like to throw my darts. There you go. There you go. All right, our Bears, uh, the night game against the Packers. From what intelligence has gathered, it would be nine eleven times a hundred. Nine eleven times a hundred. Jesus, that's... Yes, 91,100. Well, I'll say this. When we leave Bears games, a lot of the time you're saying, even when they win, you're like, whoa, wow, we've we've pulled... Even when you're watching them at home, whatever. The audience and the people and the fans and and when you're at the bar or you're at your house watching and you're talking about Bears, they either eat the game out or they just stunk... Or rarely are you like, wow, we should have won that game. Yeah. And we should have won that game, man. We just the whole, other than that uh, Demarius opening drive, um, touchdown. Same thing against with the, with the uh, they were great. Gurley drive and the touchdown, and they shut them down. They were great. Other, I mean, literally, it wasn't getting them all that much done. And then we came back, we roared back. I mean, Marquise Wilson's got to catch that ball. We won't make this about the Bears, but, I mean, when that game was over, you're like, I don't I don't fault so much the two-point play conversion is it, in hindsight, yeah, it's a bad call. Of course, it didn't work. But just, we should have beaten them even more. We shouldn't have no. had to just The problem is, and again, this is D-Rex and Houdini here who were at the game, so I think we're getting a little bit of our emotion from... Yeah. From, what I want to know is, what the hell, why weren't you kicking the field goal when you were down in the red zone there on that fourth down play with 10 minutes left to go in the game? You do that, then that touchdown that you score at the That's end, stupid. and then you then you won the game. And that always happens. People get get the fan, the fans, and the crowd gets you going. Like, we're going. We got to we got to make this happen. It's so stupid. Anyway, you know, John Fox is just sometimes he's just I, he, he's known for making bumbling bumbling plays and bumbling time decision plays. Ah, <sighs> you breaking my bar here? Huh? You breaking my bar? I did not think they should have won that game. That defense dominated us the entire game, except for two drives. And you know, it just but our defense was... dominated them. Yeah, against there the quarterback was a, there getting was his three first good start. Runs. Was... But the Bears, what the and Bears you gave up hundred yards to Ronnie Hillman. And it's and... the game, and what it is. I'm, I'm just saying, right? Were, Ronnie there, Hillman was, had was two a, good carries, but it was a bad game against the run. I will give you that. But what what is interesting about the Bears, and then also it's interesting when you when you correlate it into what the Packers have been doing lately, is the Bears have been playing up to their competition, and they have been been staying in games, and they're not having these 
ridiculous blowout games that you saw last year and the, the complete inconsistency. Or week one against the Packers this season. Right, well, because <laughs> that was the beginning of, that was week one. So that was the beginning of what's going on. You also have the Packers right now who are struggling to figure out exactly what their identity is. I think they finally got a little bit of it back, and they've been playing at the level of their competition. So they stepped their game up for Minnesota last week. Now it's going to be the question of, okay, well, it's always the Bears, so they they should be able to step up their competition, their, their, their medal because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. But it's it'll be interesting now because this is where Chicago, it's a new regime, it's a whole new feeling of what they have going on in, in their locker room, and it's, it's, they don't seem to get down on themselves as much as they have in years past. And so this team, because guys also know, if you don't make plays, someone else is going to be playing your position next week. Can we talk about Sailor? And Jay Cutler's baby today, and how they spelled this girl's name. Is it S A Y L O R? Yes, it is. Sailor. That's the things I want to talk about. All right, but talk about it. Such no, that's all name. I got. Such a dumb name. You're, you and your hills, dumbass names. <laughs> so, you know, Jay Cutler is, you know, Jay Cutler. He's good in plus matchups and. Bad and like real matchups that mean things. Uh, week one, he wasn't very good and you know got sacked a lot. And this offensive line looked atrocious. And the final score of that game was what thirty-one to twenty-three, but it was not even that close. Like no. when you actually watch the game, it just looked like they were absolutely dominated. And remember, James Jones had his coming out party in week one. So there's lots of different things like that. But it looks like Matt Forte. Uh, on the Bears' side, will be getting back in action. That's how it's leaning right now. So sorry for all us Jeremy Langford owners. We've got to uh, scour the wire for other options again. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey. You know, he had a. They technically didn't practice today, but they've got to put out that injury report because mm-hmm. of the Thursday game sort of rule. So he got in a limited session, but they again they didn't do anything. Right, and so did McPhee and Forte. So. You know, I, I doubt his availability, too. And he didn't play in week even one against the Packers, is, either. And even if he does play, he's going to be used the way that he was used the last time that he played when he was called out by his coach who was saying, we all, we all need, need, need rest, uh, you know, as a decoy. Because he, if you, he, with, with the injuries that he has, he doesn't have the explosion. He can't get away from anyone. So if you're not breaking away and getting away, you're only going to be used as a decoy and hope to draw attention away so that maybe Marquise Wilson or Zach Miller... Uh, or Martellus Bennett can make plays. Well, you're... Martellus Bennett also has an injury yeah, he's now injury right with now some ribs. Right. So the ribs. You're always talking about the, ribs. the tissue issues with Alshon. Tissue Jeffrey. issues. I like tissues. it. Uh, but I liken his tissue issues. Is to, that a new Pyro Pro icon? Yeah, tissue. that should be yeah. tissue issues. <laughs> tissue yeah. issue. Well, it's gonna. It's, you're not gonna want it after I tell you what I'm about to tell you. You know what I use tissue for? To wipe my ass, to blow my nose, and sometimes take a. <laughs> Splurger. So that's that's what I think of when I think of Alshon Jeffrey and tissue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Good times. All right, so, Packers. So Cali Hood swag. <laughs> so Forte was the guy who actually ran the Bears offense last game. You know, he had like 141 rushing yards and a tutty. So he was hugely effective, except the Packers don't let up one hundred yard rushers at Lambeau. So you got to temper your expectations a little bit, plus you know a little bit of a knee injury, plus there's got to be a little bit of a, more of a timeshare here because Langford's shown some explosion. But moving over to the Packers side, you know Aaron Rodgers was just dealing in this first game, eighteen to twenty-three. 
uh, for like 190 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Eddie Lacy was effective. Eddie Lacy finally Eddie. reemerged. So now this this is the thing. So James Starks has been the guy that has you know been the the darling for you know a, a few weeks. It's, it's kind of weird, you know. And it, but it's it, it's it's always how things go. And this is why. You know, when we look at fantasy and you look at the final numbers at the end of the year, you can't just look at the final numbers and be like, oh, this was the guy who you wanted to have all year. Because there are guys, it's the ebbs and flows, it's matchups, right? you got to make sure you're picking the guy in the right matchup because, you know, James Starks was hot for a while here. We also had James Jones was hot from the start of the year. Then James Jones kind of died off. Now, now James Jones is kind of resurging after Devonta Adams comes back and is ineffective with his hands, also then comes back later in that game, and his ankle that he had uh, uh, twisted before it was heavily taped. So most likely he's re-dealing with that ankle injury. So I don't expect him to be very effective in this game. And I think you're going to get a lot more James Jones again. But that's an overall inconsistency that's happening with the, the Packers. They're just kind of up and down. Uh, but I think that... The, but the it's best, different guys that are doing yeah, it. Yeah, so different guys are stepping in, and that's always going to be the case, but... Uh, the one thing I think that'll happen, uh, I think they'll have a good game. You know, they're they're retiring Favre's number during this game at halftime. Of course they are. Everything during the Bears. Yeah, it's like... absolutely. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, I'm glad we had a lot of people asking, asking, asking questions and questions, questions and some second opinions last week about Lacey's and wanting to drop him and pick up all these guys. And I was telling them, like, I kind of like Lacey. I think right now is the perfect time for Lacey. What, the expectations are low. Don't give away for nothing. And the, the players that people are, are wanting to trade away or if they if their deadline hasn't passed or just drop it's like no it's still Lacey could come back and be a be a be a steady force and you just see it, it's a fact they need him to get going to be a good offense yeah. when that's a situation when you're needed it's going to help your your fantasy uh possibilities when a team's doing great and they don't need you like a Jeremy Hill well but they're going to need. You're right. But they have another option that's working very well there too. But they still need him to do his part. As they're going to need Lacey because it's also getting to the time of year where it gets cold. You're in Green Bay. You need to have a running game. If you want to win in the playoffs, you've got to have that running game. Because if you do get the lead, and that was always a problem with Green Bay, they would storm out to the lead with all the receivers and everything that, that Rodgers was doing, but then they weren't able to sustain the long drive in the third and fourth quarter to milk time off the clock and to take the other team out of the, out of the game. That's what they need Lacey to do. So whether it, it happened in the, in the first half of the year, you have to kind of divorce yourself from that right now and look at it in, in the segment that it is. You're coming up on your fantasy playoffs, and you're telling me if he's available or you, or you can get him for a, a pittance, you wouldn't go grab him? A pittance? Why wouldn't you? Because What is that, a hay penny? What's a yeah. pittance? I don't even know what it is. A wheat penny. Maybe a wheat penny. A wheat penny? I don't know. I, and I, uh, no, a pittance is like, it's like, it's like what they would give Oliver Twist you know, for a, for a bowl uh. of soup. I like it. I like it. And they say, "Please, Miss, I have some Dickens, more. Go Dickens get some more lacy if you can." I say, "Get them now because you're got you're buying them on the cheap." And when you get to these fantasy playoffs, what happens if all of a sudden he just refigures himself out? He is a young player. It's not like he's he's like you know you just call him and go, we got to take the horse out back and shoot him and shoot him dead because he's got no legs. The real question: <laughs> What is the over under on Twitter of Fat Eddie comparisons? Like people are just going to be making so many comparisons between themselves and Fat Eddie on Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. I'll do it. I might not tweet it. <laughs> Fat Eddie. I won't tweet it, but I'll definitely mention it. I'll, be, I'll say it to my like nephews, be like, "What up, Eddie? Got nothing on Uncle D." <laughs> 
Anything? I think I think Cali swag hood. Everyone's talking about when, when you got James Jones wearing the hoodie that, the, from the sleeveless that he's wearing in practice, and it's legal. Oh man, it would've been awesome if he was running and someone just grabbed that thing and just swing, swung around and threw him off. Oh. Like I feel like James Jones would be so much faster if he didn't wear a hoodie during the game. <laughs> Who cares about that guy? I do. I do. I have him on a team. I don't. But I've always liked his game. I've always liked this game. He scores touchdowns with Rodgers. That's the thing. So yeah, this, he makes he makes some good plays. Do you have any idea how fucking busy I am? I cannot believe that I actually have a chestnut standing here telling me when he's gonna take a delivery. Hello. Perhaps he can be ready sooner. Yes, perhaps you can. Now take your weapons of mass destruction and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Jeez Louise. All right, anything else you got for the uh, the pack? All right, let's move on to Sunday night. I don't know. I, I feel like I had a dream that there was Saturday games this We're week. We're already going to Sunday night? We shouldn't Sunday, start at Sunday day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saturday night might just play through the Sunday day. <laughs> and if that's the case, we just keep it We just keep it rolling. We call it night. Uh, Saints at the Texans. Uh, Saints coming off a of bye week. A lot of players uh, sitting on people's benches because of it last week. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, does that help coming out of a bye week with a team like that that's been playing kind of good at points and down at others? Are you expecting them to have a good game plan and put up, light it up against the uh, Houston, who's actually in the hunt, playoff hunt? Shocking. Everybody's in the playoff hunt of that division true. right now. It's not saying much. We got, we got I, you know, people were asking, what's going on with Mark Ingram? Is Mark Ingram okay? Yeah, Mark Ingram's great. What? What's somebody so down on Mark Ingram for as of late? Like, yeah, he only scored you nine points, but he scored you over nine points in every game this season except for one. In that game, he scored you seven and a half. And that's uh, what he's always done. He's well, always been that plotter, slow and steady guy. That's like he's the guy, the quintessential guy. We say, get you love him, but you need that was why I love explosion him. guy. I'm gonna go grab some explosion guys. This guy's gonna be just getting it done on a weekly basis. And that was exactly why you know I loved him. I said, I go, you're gonna get a, a solid ten points a week out of this guy. You're gonna get close to 100 yards. You're gonna get a touchdown. And I, what else do you want exactly? Running back two, plug and play. I got a running back that I know that I'm not gonna have. A zero points for three weeks in a row, yeah. or or less than four three points for three weeks in a row. You know, you get a guy like Latavius Murray, and you get some some boom games, but at the same time, it's been a lot of bust games, yeah. and a lot of games you're just going, uh. and like thank God this last week he scored a touchdown, but otherwise it's meh. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty eight yards you're giving me, like what what is this? Well, you know? I, I'll say that I do go for the explosion guys in, in the wide receiver and really try to get those. That's big where points. you want to go for him especially. And I, I share a team with a friend, uh, the Dragon, and he loves and has for a while. He's loved, um, you know, Ingram. Ingram. Excuse me. Uh, he loves him. He's always like Ingram, Ingram, and we, you know, you can always get this guy. I mean, this year I think he was a fourth or fifth rounder. Think value. fourth He's rounder. But yeah. before it was like seven, six, seventh, eighth, and it's just like. Always, you'd always know what you got out of them, and I always be like, "All right, all right." And then every year, our teams do really good, and you look at kind of the makeup, and you're like, "Wow, we just are guaranteed those points the last couple two and a half years from uh, Ingram." So, really changed my kind of thought process and strategy and drafting. Where you got to pick on and latch on to at tight end, at running back, and some of your wide receiver three type guys that are just going to get it done on a regular basis. Know what you're going to get so they can't let you down. Uh, Breeze, how does he do uh, in this game? 
I think he's got a, a, a decent chance in this game. I mean, I, I look at Houston as still a, a defense that has allowed teams to exploit them. So, you know, a guy who, again... We've Except s- over the last three weeks. All right, well, talk it up then. Give, give, me, give, me, give me the numbers. <laughs> it's, it's no bueno. 6.9 fantasy points to the, like, final three quarterbacks they have faced. Uh, which, it's just they're been... They're turning it up. They're turning it up. They're, they're turning it on against the running backs as well. They, their whole de- defense is just sort of tightened up over the last few weeks. And I don't even see how it's explainable. Like, there hasn't been just one thing that's happened. But everybody just suddenly looks much, much better on the defensive side of the ball and have given people fits. The corners have started making plays on the ball. Uh, you know, started causing some interceptions and stuff like that. And I just think that there's a chance that maybe Houston is figured out and they've gotten back to the levels of last season. So I wouldn't go out there saying Breeze is going to be the best quarterback this week, but Breeze is going to be what Breeze is. He's a bottom-end quarterback one, and you know you got him back, you're starting him, because he's a guy who can go off, or else who's going to give you like 250 yards and a touchdown. Well, the one thing you have to worry about with Breeze is that it's, it's a game on the road. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's, that's always a concern whenever he's out there, but... The guy who I'm, who I'm thinking is going to be the big problem maker for them is going to be Brandon Cooks. Because, look, who's a guy that's been traditionally given uh, the, the, the Texans fits over the last couple of years has been T.Y. Hilton. And Brandon Cooks is faster, I think, than T.Y. Hilton. Debatable. Close. Yeah, they're, di- they're different. But, yeah, they're, they're in the but same area. They, but they both operate in that same type of area. And I think that, that when they both have the vertical game uh, to their game and... I think that's where you're going to look to 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 attack this defense. So I think that that's. I'm not saying that Breeze is going to have a great game. I'm saying I, I think that he'll have a good game. I'm not thinking that uh, a, as good of a game for Willie Sneed. Um, I, I think that he'll still get his his targets and get his his chances. But this is not going to be one of those ones where I think Willie gets like you know. Uh, I don't think I don't think he scores a touchdown in this game. Uh, I think Ben Watson might have a, a chance to score a touchdown in this game. But I wish, uh, but I think it's about probably like a two touchdown game is what you're going to get from Breeze in this one. I don't think you're going to get a, you don't think you're getting your th- uh, a three touchdown game. You're probably going to get about not even a 300 yard game. You might get about a 275, two, 260, 275 throwing from. Him. Or the exact opposite, and he goes off. That's why I Breeze don't, is I awesome. Just don't, I, yeah, but I just don't think this is going to be one of those. But Drew Breeze can do that at any time. Yeah, that's why. He's <laughs> I'm not on the road though. But I don't, I don't see it happening back? on the road. Because it happens in games where they're in shootouts, and I don't see them being in a shootout when you got T.J. Yates, Hoyer. Who's it going to be? I, I don't know. Have you they seen how bad this defense has been? Yeah, they're letting they're letting everyone roll. I understand. Over. I understand. And, and, you can't blame Rex Ryan for all those problems. No, and Rob? they're going to have their Rob hands Ryan, gonna, and they're going to have their hands full trying to take uh, take covering uh, DeAndre Hopkins because. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins proven. I don't care who's that quarterback, and I don't care who's covering me. I'm going to be uh, one of the top wide receivers. And there you go, Stan. He doesn't even need kudos hands. to you on your your preseason love uh, of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that guy's just been the best. Um, he Listen, doesn't even need hands. I mean, the catches. He's 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 the one handed catcher now. He's. I mean, obviously uh, ODB can can do it like nobody else. But I mean, Hopkins just catches. Hopkins is doing it in games. Yeah, man, he makes it look so friggin' easy. This is how bad New Orleans is against opposing quarterbacks. They are five points worse than the next closest team. And five they're, they're, full fantasy points. And they're they're at thirty. They're thirty two, right? Oh, they are the absolute worst against opposing quarterbacks. Like I am streaming the shit out of Hoyer and or Yates 
They will be in my FanDuel lineups because this is awful. 25 fantasy points a game when the next closest is 20.1. So Yates, you would you would uh, you would play you would play Yates. This yeah, week. I mean he played well last week, and I just think he's going to force feed the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and with nobody else to cover him, what's it matter? <laughs> It's true. It's true. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. What else we got to talk about? We talked about Ingram, uh, tight end, Watson, Hill. What happens there? Is there move on? Watson's the man. Yeah. Watson's the man. What about Sneed? Sneed kind of looks to me like, he looks like a, a janitor. <laughs> he kind of does. He's kind of got that look to him. He's just this slow and steady guy who's now becoming less and less consistent with the emergence of Brandon Cooks. But and the emergence of Ben Watson and you know he's falling down in the pecking order a little bit. I'm gonna have an emergence of an open Baldy. Fear not, Muslim friends, we're here to find Karen. I'm clearing your minds of all anxiety. How are you? Thank you. I needed that. Alright, let's go on to the Texans. Uh so you're you're playing Yates, so we don't need to say anything more about that. Uh your boy blue. Uh Kind of getting some points here and there. A little trickery. Uh, on a trick play touchdown. <laughs> yeah, trick play throwback. touchdown. Come on. I liked it. It's, I well, mean, it's a great play call, but it's not anything that you're going to be counting on to be a consistent thing that makes blue that. But that's uh, not the only play. points he had. He had some. He had like an average kind of game, and then he had that touchdown on top of it. Well, yeah, that's what Blue did. He rushed 21 times for 58 yards. Hey, he's. That, <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm just. Three yards, hey, hey, well, I mean, hey, I'm almost high. <laughs> Remember how often I used to say that and we used to love Uncle Si? Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. That's what you get. <coughs> I hate your guts. <laughs> <coughs> All right, let's go. Who else are we talking about this no, guy? No one. No one. All right. New. Matt Damon. We're not talking about Matt Damon anymore. How do you like that apples? All right, we got the Rams at the Bengals. Let's talk about Gurley. He's uh, is he hitting the rookie wall or let's is it, see? Is it just tough, tough <laughs> situations that, that the team's been in? What's, it's what's a tough situation. There? Go ahead. Uh, basically, Todd Gurley is the only guy you have to defend on that football team. So you stack the box with eight players and make someone else beat you. And look, Case Keenum completed half of his passes because he has no weapons. Oh yeah, yeah. Stack the box against Todd Gurley. I think you're gonna see. You might see Nick Foles this week, though. I think they might yep. bring him back just because at least he. I, I think Case Keenum looked like a, a lost deer in the headlights. And there. he got a concussion. concussion. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He's so gonna. He felt like a lost ass. deer in the headlights after that too. So, look, Foles. I, I think at least operates the offense a little bit better. I mean, it just there's there's all the mistakes, but. Um, it's not good news when you're when you're when you're looking at it because no team is going to respect either guy. And the Bengals right now, this is a team that, that is is going to be hungry and pissed off. And I mean, they've been. I think we need to stop saying that because every time we say that, they get their asses romped. Well, well not just the Bengals, a number of teams. Yeah, but you know yeah. what about the Bengals though? Here's the, here's the benefit for them. They're, this is finally not on prime time. They just get to play in the mix of all <laughs> the other games, and they do they do horrible on, on playoffs and and island games. I don't know what their record is in like the last one and like, thirteen. Okay, one and thirteen. There you go. Jeez. So now they're off of prime time. So thank God for that. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. It could be and it's at home. Much. I mean, if you can't take care of a team that's going to be either led by Case Keenum or, or Nick Foles with 
a Tavon Austin, the Kenny Britt, uh, Wes Welker, Wes Welker, <laughs> Brian Quick. Get the fuck out of this game. Uh, do you, you remember when they were gonna, they were going to re-sign Foles to a contract extension? Oh. Like, we love the way he looks at this offense. They did. No, they didn't. Oh yeah, they did. No, they didn't. I'm pretty sure. No, they didn't. Foles never took it. Got it re-signed. No, what? They were talking about a big one. No way. It was like a, it was like a one year. Was it a one year or two year extension? Okay. I think is what it was. I don't so. think that. They, they, at one point, they were talking big contract extension. Two years, two four, uh, twenty-four million. On top of his already whatever he had when he was having that run that's, with, okay, with that's Kelly. terrible. <laughs> but I, I thought it was going to be bigger. I thought they were trying Longer? to lock him up for like you know, four or five that, years. That's, that's a move that that's only a, that's, that's a, a that's twelve a, million. Matt Damon would only make that move. That's <laughs> who do you like more, Matt Damon or Jeff Fisher? Because I fucking hate Jeff Fisher. Matt <laughs> Damon. I like. Uh, Matt Damon. I mean, he's like the king of mediocrity. Matt Damon. Yeah. I mean, I like Matt Damon a lot more than I like Jeff Fisher, but Jeff Fisher's like the king of mediocrity. Well, I thought you meant Matt Damon was the king of mediocrity. I mean, I think they both are. Hey, I like The Martian. I, like the <laughs> I did like The Martian. I like the talents of Mr. Ripley. I like a bad Verde. Verde. Team, if the Durka Durkistanis have weapons of mass destruction, I'm afraid it could be 9-11 times a thousand. Jesus, you mean? Yes. 911,000. So here's the thing with Todd Gurley going up against the Bengals. His saving grace has been he scored a touchdown pretty much every week since he's been a starter. The Bengals have only allowed two rushing touchdowns on the season, uh, only allowed one receiving touchdown to a running, or, but have allowed four receiving touchdowns to running backs on the season. So if you think he's going to get it done again, which he might, which he probably will because he's just done it at every level, uh, you know, is he going to do it through the receiving game or is he going to do it through the running game? That, that's the major question. But I think he just does what he does and he scores a touchdown. Somebody's going to get him down there eventually. Giggity, giggity, giggity. Are the Rams' defense, are they as good as uh, we thought? Is, it, is, is the Red Rifle going to have bounce back and have a good game or are they going to contain him? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think this defense is legit and I think they do certain things well. Uh, like I get also, after the quarterback. I also think that Cincinnati has kind of been exposed over this this last couple of weeks and, and their struggles. And I think that it, this defense, with their ability to, to get pressure on Dalton, and I think that's going to be the key that's going to disrupt the game. Uh, and again, I, I, I don't see Jeremy Hill being able to establish that power running game. So you're going to have to rely again on Giovanni Bernard to do be the man of all traits, but. You know, that's the one thing that Cincinnati really misses. you got to have that guy that's a hammer that the defenses have to fear, and they're not going to put you know, the eighth, eighth man in the box against them. They're going to over the, put the overcommittal to uh, covering A.J. Green, taking him out, forcing uh, you know, uh, Marvin Jones to beat you on the outside, and forcing Tyler Eifert right now, who, who while he's catching the touchdowns, you know, the hands I'm getting to be concerned about what, what, what's going on there. It's just not... We made nice catches in this game, but he only had three, three for three twenty-two catches yards. Yeah. He's not. He's he not made that, that second touchdown was a sweet catch, and I'm telling you, a lot of most other tight ends in the league drop. But I, I agree, the volume's there. He's, he's just getting touchdowns at this point. But man, um, I mean, only one quarterback has gone for over twenty points against the St. Louis Rams all season, and of course, that was somehow smoking Jay Cuddy. Well, again, which was on two long touchdown plays that could have been stopped for a total of about 25 yards or 15 yards yep. at most. I mean, so 
I mean, 12 points to Flacco, 11 to uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 9 to Kaepernick, 12, well, great 12 to McCown, Aaron Rodgers to 17. <laughs> are, are you telling me uh, Palmer's not a good quarterback at 16? You, got, you only got two in there so far. When you're starting off with the... With the with the, with the, with the, you might as well throw a Manziel in there. <laughs> well, let's see what happens. I'm not going to go off on AJ, uh, but watching the game again, a lot of the same AJ stuff. You're just, it's tough to watch. Now you're talking quickly. I will talk about AJ not in a bashing way, but uh, offensive coordinator. Um, uh, you know, Hughes is, is making some really crazy, and, and the offense is really ha- taking some chances, and they're really doing some interesting formations. How come they in that situation? Against Peterson, they're not moving him around more. It's so crazy. They you're talking about how Julio Jones and Dez are getting moved around, so they're putting their offensive coordinators and their coaching staff are putting them in positions so they're not getting locked up against the best uh, best guy every time. They're just not moving. AJ just sits there and he doesn't move around. It's either at the top sitting or at the bottom. He never goes into uh, into uh, could be formation. Two, could uh, be two reasons. Okay, one it could be Hugh Jackson who. While he's giving you a more of a, a flavor look in, in certain ways, but they've always done that because they had always had the, the, the different op- option plays for Mohamed Sanu and everything like that. It's always been a part of the offense. Or number two, it could be that A.J. Green doesn't like to do that. And if A.J. Green doesn't like to do that, then you're going to leave him where he is, and then it's going to become, in those situations, he becomes an easy target. And that's why A.J. Green is a guy because, you know, I, I, I think back to like years that I've done um, these these other leagues where we go when the, Magic the Gathering with the the playoffs start and you actually have a draft of all the players in the playoffs and, you, and it's a total point scored and it's like most for each week and whatever and you have twelve teams and you pick whole teams you're not even going to be playing full rosters each week but AJ Green was a guy that I targeted one year and, you know they're always one and out in the playoffs but he's also giving you duds. In all those games, it's like when when it's on the line and, they, and the defense is going to single on him, he can be taken out of a game. So unlike a Julio Jones, who it's like when you throw everything at a guy, he's still making, you know. The but one thing I'll say in the defense of AJ Green there, in watching the game last night, and when you watch the game, it's it's Marvin Jones. It's it happened with Eifert sometimes. He's not treated like the number one. They don't, in the second, in the fourth quarter, he was hucking at the ball and dropping back and doing what Ryan does for Julio and what Romo does for Dez. But he, in a lot of the game, it's like he's not even in series. He's not. You're not even trying to get him the ball. He had that huge forty-yard play at the start of the game, and then literally, it looked like Marvin Jones was the featured wide receiver on that team for 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 for, for another quarter and a half. Well, I think it's also going to be another part of the personality. He's also maybe not. This this diva type guy that that, that permeates the position where he's and not I agree. where he's not running into into Red Rifle's uh, ear and going give me the damn ball give me the damn ball and he's a team player and that affects his, and you're not getting the fantasy production from couldn't him. agree more and another thing I'll say and I'll stop talking about AJ Green and this is respect to him he's getting held all the best D backs in the league Sherman Pierce these guys are holding every fucking play just pulling 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 making it so hard on the wide receiver and AJ Green is never bitching and like putting his arm arms up, he's holding me, and like every play, he just says, alright, this is the game, this is the game, he gets up, he dusts himself off, I think he would and he be goes the, back, but sometimes, I want to see a little more emotion right. out of this guy. He, you know what it is, it's, it's, he's just that nice guy, he just, he's like, uh, he's like AC Green. He's chill. Uh, you know, when I he's, hope he's better than AC Green, but <laughs> AJ Green and AC Green, 
and I hope he gets laid more often than <laughs> AC Green. He doesn't have the Jerry curl. Yeah. And he's got better hair, too. But, uh, Stags, you know, you know about AJ Green? Or AC, AC Green? He was no. on the Lakers back in their, uh, the Magic Johnson days. No. He was a virgin. He was in the NBA. He's a virgin. But it, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to point that part of No, I am. But he was like, he was like a NBA late bad guy in the court. You didn't usually see him getting all that fired up. It took a lot to get that guy fired up. So it's like. Even in the sack, obviously. There you go. I mean, I, he could wait. <laughs> The guy had a lot of patience. Let's move on to the next game. How about it? Before we do that, I'll give a quick pyro promo. If you haven't already, and not enough of you haven't and have, but do pyro pro, get it going on. Couldn't say enough about it. We're asking, answering direct questions and second opinions that you ask. You ask us a question during this interface. We get an email. We respond back. You can do it on a number of different topics. You can uh, attach images of your lineup to give us more details. Uh, it's pretty sweet. It's huge, huge, huge. Uh, obviously, you've got a back-end dashboard that you can add up to 100 of your players so that you can personalize your Pyro experience with the news feeds, with uh, player rankings, with updated uh, exclusive charts that Stag Party and Dogmatica are doing on a regular basis. Houdini's pickups uh, videos are usually happening. Uh-oh. Houdini <laughs> uh, got sick at the game yesterday. What's up, drunk? I got... No, I got well, I got laid up where I did. Well, no, we also do the podcast tonight, so you can't blame me for that. I still got the oh, waiver wire piece out. Oh, ooh, I was just it saying. It was just a little like, later than normal. I got a text. You're like, I'm sick. I've got I'm one. Not, I'm not I got feeling one well. I said, I'm not feeling yeah. well. I got one friend who's always like, I'm sick. I'm like, you're hungover. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't say I was, <laughs> I didn't say I was sick. I said, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling enough. well. Fair enough. But uh, go, going back to the Pyro Pro, 40 bucks for the year, the important thing about this to remember is the fact that if you were to buy, you're listening to this tomorrow, it's Tuesday, if you were to buy it tomorrow, which is the 24th of November, you have Pyro Pro for 40 bucks. you have Pyro Pro till the 24th of November of 2016. It doesn't end at the Super Bowl, it doesn't end when week 17 is done, it is you are buying Pyro Pro for a year. And if you want to win championships, you know it's a year-round thing, you don't you don't uh, take off uh, the off-season and get back into it in August, and we don't either. So Pyro Pro is a year-round thing where we'll be delivering some amazingness each month, that includes March, that includes April. So give it a shot, Pyro Pro. It's pretty awesome. If you are a Pyro Pro member, hit us up on, on Facebook or Twitter and let people know how awesome it is and how it's helping you win. I get We get emails and comments there in both those spots all the time. We're like, wow, I've never done so good in this stuff. Thank God for Pyro Pro. To be honest, uh, Dan Nguyen uh, is going to maybe hand us our first loss in a while. He's a Pyro Pro member, obviously. It's the Pyro Pro League. But that guy's using our skills against us like nobody's business. In the draft, I'm telling you, when I, I know I was sick and I've blamed that, but every pick, every pick that motherfucker took three of the guys that were on my list every time. Matt Damon. <laughs> Vikings, Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to break you tonight. I'm sick. You can't do this. Go. So, are the Minnesota Vikings for real? Uh, not when they play good teams, apparently, because Green Bay showed them up. Uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, looked good on when he was given chances, except they didn't give him very many chances, and Teddy Bridgewater was... Uh, Teddy... Okay. Uh, nothing real special. It was the Kyle Rudolph game. 
fuck Kyle Rudolph, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the weeks after I finally decide I'm done with Kyle Rudolph, you want to come in and drop a sixer for That's one. That's what he does. For 106 in a tutty on me? Like, but it wasn't, it wasn't even more... It wasn't even that. He was making catches that were incredible. The, it was like, I'm never dropping a ball in the NFL like, ever again. Like what dog like, says about like what dog says about him all the time. <laughs> but has the best hands. He looked like that guy. I mean, some of the catches that he was making, I'm like, oh my God, this guy was really pissed he dropped that touchdown <laughs> last week. Yeah, I mean, th- that was going for him. And then Mike Wallace is out here dropping passes left and right. Oh, horrible. Uh, he's yeah. not even worth consideration. Stephon Diggs got, got it going a little bit. Got... You know, some yards got what sixty six or sixty nine yards. Sixty six, uh, but the but the thing is, he he got nine targets, and he's still getting the heavy amount of targets uh, in the passing game. So, you know, that's that's the benefit for him. You know, I, but I don't I don't see anybody else there that's worth. I mean, they're waiting salt right now. Right now, it's this is an AP game, or at least it should be. The Falcons can give it up to opposing running backs. So this is a game where they have to go on the road and establish their their identity. And their identity has to be the run game because this vertical passing offense does not work right now. No. And the one thing you got going for you, AP, that you were actually in the game, he made that fumble. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be pretty pissed. So I give him that ball, he's going to be taking it out on. And that's where you have to be as be a, as now a, an AP owner. I will tell you, I like those games where he has that you know that yeah. fumble, or whatever, because. At least you're not worried that he's like a guy who's in his second year and now the fumbles are becoming an issue and the, and the coach is going to lose trust in you. He is still Adrian Peterson. He's still one of the best. And when he does come back with a vengeance, and look, he only got 13 carries in that game. Where has AP been doing all of his damage lately? When he had that, that huge game a couple uh, two, was it two weeks ago with the 80-yard run, it came at the end of the game. It's always how these great running backs have Where always done it. It's, it's not that they did their damage. It, maybe they had one... Sometimes a breakaway run, their first run of the game, but then it's Barry Sanders would hit you with 14 runs, and you'd stop him for negative on like four of those runs, and then the next run goes for 70 yards, and then the next run goes for 40 yards, and then the next run goes for 20, and then and then he, you know, you're into those 20, 30 carry games, and you're into the 170 yard games. That's how it happens. We wear the defense down, especially that second. No one can no miss the no run anymore, to, though. No one wants to get hit. Minnesota's AP. Minnesota and Seattle are the last two teams. That are committed to the run. That that is where their game starts and ends with the running back. So, you know, and that's why Rawls was able to have the game that he had. They gave him 30 carries. Yeah. Well, let's let's breeze through this game and we'll get to him. So, uh, nothing really else to say about the Vikings, right? No. Let's move on. Uh, if you got any questions, sign up for Pirate Pro. We'll answer them. Falcons. God damn, Matt Ryan. Just making mistakes. I mean, he just looks... Uh, Atrocious at most times uh, over the last few weeks. That just some real, real bad plays. How about Dan Quinn going out and throwing Kyle Shanahan under the bus and saying, you know, sometimes his play calls can be a little bit too uh, too aggressive in response to somebody's question. So that's one thing that sort of scares me. I I didn't see anything that was that atrocious in terms of play calling uh, that he should be judged for because I I thought he's done a great job of play calling. I thought. Matt Ryan's just throwing to the wrong guys, isn't making it, the wrong reads here and there. Isn't it decision-making? I mean, it, 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 the play call is the play call. We're not talking about a guy who is a second-year quarterback. We're talking about a, guy, about a guy who had visions of going to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, the, this team that was dominating the league. So all of a sudden, what? Your ability to read defenses has regressed? 
Because apparently it has. Because whenever he's seeing either that or it's pressure that's getting to him, that's forcing him into making quick decisions that are bad decisions. But whatever is happening right now, it's not really working. And, you know, and, and he's lucky on a lot of these plays, too, with Julio Jones. You see some of the, the catches that he's yeah. making in between two defenders, arms outstretched like that, that one play at the end of the game. Give me a break. Yeah, he's insane. He's insane, and he's saving yeah. his ass. He, if he had, if he didn't have Julio, he would be worse than Matthew Stafford. Above and beyond uh, just decision making, as you say, there's a lot of times where just look, awareness and just kind of uh, being focus mm. seem to be missing from him. It's almost like he's just like his mind's somewhere else uh, on missed snaps, fumbles, plays that he uh, handoffs and and and, and uh, miss uh, just miscommunications. Everything is looking bad for Matt Ryan. Uh, you think? Freeman's back this week. It looks pretty good from Monday. He's passed the early concussion protocols. But if not, Tevin Coleman's a starter. Like you just mm-hmm. gotta fire him up in your lineup, fire him up in DFS. Uh, you know, Dan Quinn's over there talking him up about you know he's got two fumbles lost in his last twenty or thirty carries. So he's gotta be a guy who's taking care of the ball better. But Besides that, he's been fairly effective. He wasn't very effective last week, however. But they gave him a lot of carries. He had 17 carries. This this is a team that's going to run the ball no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's something we said at the beginning of the season. They are going to run the ball, and they're going to throw to their wide receivers. And one thing we did see in them throwing to their wide receivers, we saw Hankerson get back in the mix. We saw Roddy White even get some car- carries. But with Hankerson back in the mix, it completely took George, uh, Jacob Tammy out of the game. Yeah. So that's, that's something to sort of be aware of going forward. If Hankerson's in there and as functioning as the number two, number three receiving option, because sometimes Freeman slots in as that number two receiver on a lot of plays, um, you know, this is a guy who's going to be more of an afterthought. I'll tell you what, though, but, but look for it to be not that easy to run the ball against Minnesota. I mean, they are not, they are a, they're, that defense is legit. Have you seen Fat Eddie? He ran all over him. <laughs> hey, you know what? But again, this is also a division rival where there's a lot of familiarity. There's also a lot of, you know, Minnesota's been a team that's that's failed playing at Lambeau for for how many how many years? So you know, it, it, it to me it's not that. So I was in Minnesota. You're the home oh. team. You're the home team. You're the boss. You're the leader of the division. Minnesota's You're supposed still... to show people how it's done, and then you back yeah, up like Minnesota's, a little bitch. But, but, but no one, no one owns this division. It's 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 Green Bay's division. It's always been Green Bay's division for the last seven years, Let's ten years, fifteen on. years. It's been their division. Falcons. Not as this. They're more scary with fantasy football than I than I care to admit. Uh, let's go on to the Giants at the Redskins. All right. So we got. <clears throat> The Giants and the Redskins. Jesus Christ, I don't know what to say there. You like uh, well, the Giants are coming off of the bye. This is an atrocious division. <laughs> so you have uh, Washington, who is this should be a nice game for for, for Giants players here. I, I mean, you're an Eli Manning owner. I think that this is a game that you should be uh, licking your chops for um, when when you think about what uh, uh, you know. Odell Beckham Jr., Ruben Randall, and all these guys that had a, a, a week of having to get healthy and help their, their sore knees and everything else that they have going on. Um, I, I, Harris is, our, is, playing, is playing great, uh, is the third fiddle there at the wide receiver spot. 
Now that Mr. Victor Cruz is done for the year. Well, look, they just got victimized. Washington just got destroyed by Cam, Cam Newton. Um, I, I, I just see New York, they can't run the ball. And I don't, I don't like their running game at all. I don't want any part of their running game. You can keep all their running backs and just throw them in the garbage. Only one I want to start is Shane Marie. And that's because it's involved in the passing game. Because that's what they're going to be doing all day, I figure, in this game. And I see ODB having a huge game because after the bye week and, and he's not had the, as, as impressive of a, of a season as he wants, now he's had a week to kind of, you know, not hear about his name being thrown around in any of the, any of the circuits that's going on out there right now. And again, It was a year ago, just so it's known. It was a year ago today. That he made the, uh, the, the catch. There you go. The One day year. that ODB was born. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Never the day never that... Our Twitter blew up. <laughs> tell, tell, me that, tell me that you don't... Yeah. Great. <laughs> Mad Damon. Mad Damon. So tell me, tell me that, that you don't like ODB, you don't like uh, Shane Vereen or Ruben Randall. Or I don't any, like Ruben Randall. In, in I just don't know who Ruben Randall is right now. Uh, you know, is it Will? number 82. He hasn't looked like it. I mean, Hakeem Nix could come out there and start over him for all I know. Like, that's how bad Ruben Randall has played for most of this but season. But that's why I'm saying this week off for him, because he's got like this, the, the knee problem and everything, so the time he's off... He's a pussy. He's an old man. Well, that may be too, but it's like, when you have degenerative knees, you have degenerative knees. So you're gonna, you want to milk the most you can out of him? I would take it after he gets a week of rest than when he doesn't. Okay, I better see him in your low-cost dart throw this week, then. <laughs> well, we'll see how low-cost he is. <laughs> he's not going to cost much, because he sucked dick all season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's talk about the other side of the ball. We well, know well I'm not going anywhere with this fucking traitor. Yeah, what makes you think we'll take you back, you douchebag? We're doing this without you. Now, hold on, team. Gary has already proven to me that he is 100% committed to the team. He proved it last night by sucking my cock. All right, come on, team. We gotta find that stage. Gary, <laughs> Gary's such a cocksucking guy, cocksucking name. <laughs> or or Gary Char- or Charlie Sheen, apparently. <laughs> Jeez Louise, is that how he got it? Is that how he got the hip? Matt Damon, cork smoking, Matt Damon. I don't know. <laughs> I love that he came out. He's like, I've told everyone. Told everyone about it. And then the two, his biggest, most famous relationship, those two porn stars that he was dating, the one girl, uh, Brie Olsen or whatever, porn, I should name her, know her name, but I don't. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm not an expert at this stuff. I don't spend too much time over there. She's like, I didn't know he had HIV. I lived with him. We only had sex with lambskin rubbers that never told me. Yeah, we don't feel bad for you anymore, Charlie. Yeah. Good grief. Um, what a scumbag that guy is. Uh, Redskins, I think they're going to light it up too. Their offense is going to go ballistic. Who knows what Matt Jones uh, you get. You probably are going to get the crap you want. But when he does explode, it's pretty sweet time. Did he have negative yards this week? I think he had zero rushing yards officially. God. Give him a zero. Yeah, we'll give him a zero. God, right after his big game, we had Pyro Stash, our, pyro, our uh, character illustrators, just killing it for us. Hats off to you, brother. Um, I had him do a, a Matt Jones. He's actually the running back graphic for for player rankings this week, and then he just 
dunk it up. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I'm still putting him up this week. And, and props to Stash, too, because he had Todd Gurley, who uh, had his art on his homepage and his Facebook page. And then uh, we had a tweet out from uh, A-Rob L. Robinson liking... Uh, Robinson, uh, yeah. He's got his, his profile picture... A-Rob's Twitter, uh, Twitter Twitter profile picture is a, is a pyromaniac.com illustration done by Pyro Stash uh, on, um, on A-Rob's uh, page. So good stuff. Let's, uh, I mean, do you want to talk specifically about anyone on the Redskins? Do you, let's just go quickly. Do you like starting I mean, Cousins? I mean, Jordan Reed has an injury. He you know, sprained his yeah, MCL sprained. again. So you know, well, who knows what his availability is going to be. But when he plays, you got to start him. Well, I don't think he's going to play, so I think what you're going to get is you're going to get a, a good game for Jamison Crowder in that regard because he's the guy that picks up the slack any time that he's not there. I think you have to uh, be happy about what uh, Deshaun Jackson being back in the offense and, and seeing what he did. You know, And again, you got to have that guy to take the top off of a defense. And What does Deshaun Jackson do better than anybody in the league still? He's that deep threat guy. And, I mean, as much as he's the most annoying player in the league, Garcon can make plays here and there. I don't want Garcon. I agree. I hate Garcon. He's the most annoying dude ever around. But uh, why is everyone so fucking stupid? Mid gaming. Uh, let's go on to Buccaneers at Colts. Let's breeze through this one. Nah, man, Jameis Winston. I'm just gonna talk about him for the next you half. Go nuts. <laughs> yeah, take 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 my carpet, right? Yeah, I love it because I I I was so. This, I'm so happy with this performance and the way that he has performed now. I'm, I'm feeling validated in all my preseason hype and praise of this guy because he's gotten smarter. He has shown all those things that we talked about when we were watching the interviews and seeing about the leadership things. He's shown all the leadership qualities. He's He made horrible mistakes at the beginning of the year. He corrected a lot of those mistakes. Wasn't uh, having as much of like the offensive output and production, but he was not throwing the interceptions the whole month without it. Then he has the bad game, and then, boom, bounces back with the five touchdowns and no interceptions. Go ahead, talk it. I mean, basically, he finally had a decent complement of wide receivers. He hasn't had that over the last month or so, but getting Vincent Jackson back in the lineup and you know throwing a touchdown to Mike Evans, you know, great things are to come from this offense. The Duggar not... Oh my gosh, rushing for 235 yards. But how about them giving him no love near the end zone? Yeah, right? And after you rush for 235 yards for us, you get no tutties. <laughs> it was. When you looked at that game and you saw the points, you had like, that's, that's it? You know. He didn't have that, he only had that many points. And in big scoring touchdown leagues, same thing with Cam Newton. Cam Newton for a five-touchdown game. It wasn't that ridiculous when you think about it. But See, you know what, though? That's why I, I, I throw in with my one main league where the points are, uh, you go up two points every 10 yards once you get over 100 yards, and then you have the bonus also at 200 yards. So Doug Martin in, in our league scored like, like 36 points because it's a value of saying, for me, I always said, you're telling me that a guy that scores two touchdowns and rushes for 15 yards is as valuable Jeremy as a guy Hill. that ran for 230 yards in a game? Yeah. A guy that ran for 230 yards in the game deserves to score a, a ton of effing points. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know exactly what it was, but he went off. So it was was more than 35 points, I know that. I like that name, though. The Doug or not. It's a good, so that's a good that, one. That's too, what yeah. he prefers to be called now. He doesn't like the muscle hamster. He never, had, he never has. 
He didn't so, embrace it because otherwise he would have had the muscle hamster pyromaniac as his Twitter tags. True, true. <laughs> we need to turn him into the isn't let's turn him into juggernaut. Like, yeah. Isn't a juggernaut. Uh, that was uh, uh, X Men. Yeah, so we can turn it. The guy who ran through walls. Yeah, he's good. All right, uh, let's let's go. Keep talking. I mean, about how about it. Charles Sims? Charles Sims made a great catch. He's viable now, and he's in, just in sort of viable, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah. He's a guy who gets catches every week. Uh, this is another week where Doug Martin didn't have any, but still. I mean, Vincent Jackson's going to get his now and then. And in plus matchups, you know, he's going to get his. And the Colts, you know, could put Vontae Davis on Mike Evans, and that leaves a plus matchup for Vincent Jackson. Last time that happened, that was against Josh Norman. He went off for like 10 catches for 143 yards and a touchdown. Well, this is where you have to be thankful for as a Vincent. If you want to play Vincent Jackson, is that again? Where I'm going to play, uh, pray, pile some praise on top of Jameis Winston. He was force feeding the ball to Mike Evans for for a long time here, but he had no one else to throw the ball to. Think back to when uh, Vincent Jackson was a part of the offense, you know, at the beginning of the season and in the preseason and stuff. He was actually, Vincent Jackson was having some of the bigger games than Mike Evans because Mike Evans was drawing all the attention and Jameis Winston was actually reading it and going, that's not a good place to throw the yeah, ball. Yeah, Evans was banged up. In right. The and then you also saw the huge games for Austin Safarian Jenkins that, that were happening early in the season. Same reasons, because he's willing to actually look and scope the field and find the best matchup of where to throw the ball to. He's not, he's not trying to force feed it to Evans, except in a situation when... No one else is no doing choice. anything. When you know that no one else is, is even getting close to getting open, then if you have to squeeze the ball into them, most likely it's going to get knocked away or intercepted. He's just throwing everything to Evans, and Evans is dropping everything. I would just like to take a dog's mantle and say that I expect Austin to be back this week. I was going to say, Dog Attica, we'll ask Jay play this week. Uh, that's funny. Uh, he's, he's even called the last week. He's like, I've got to be right one of these weeks. <laughs> We haven't been yet, and because you're gone this week, and he probably will play this week, you're not going to be. Now, a question I got for you. If you had it up to do all over, and this is the three guys that we talked about all the time, Cooks, Mike Evans, and A.J. Green, what? give me the order that you would take. If you go back right now and you're in that second round or the end of the first round, who are you? What's, what, what's the you know order? Knowing what about? I know now? Yeah. Yeah. Hindsight. I mean... I'd still, for me, take Mike Evans over A.J. Green. And I I think I still would have A.J. Green over Brandon Cooks. But if you ask me this four weeks from now, I think I might have Brandon Cooks ahead of A.J. Green. I have A.J. Green, then Mike Evans, then Brandon Cooks. See, we're still disagreeing on this. Well, he's he, he this guy's mind... Doesn't change very, very. It's hard to. It's hard easily. to wave. He's got more catches and more yards, and the only thing he doesn't have are touchdowns. So and the only thing he doesn't have is big games that have helped you win weeks. Oh, except you for have, the two hundred and twenty-seven. You have him on your team. The one game. You're gonna your one game. Okay, I have a question. Do you have him on your team, and do you watch those games? I do not own him this season. Okay, there you that's go. It. That's, that's it. it. I, that's I don't know. That's it. I didn't. You did And you didn't. I'm sorry. I drafted DeAndre Hopkins. No, but but that but no, that point is made. If, if I have two, my team, I've got those two guys of two leagues together. Love them; they're the best. DeAndre Hopkins is so fun to watch because everything about him is what you want. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to shit on. I, AJ. Own, I, own I know a lot of good. cooks, and I, know, I don't I like owning cooks. 
Because he's so sufferably inconsistent. You know what, though? But I, I've kind of gotten used to the sufferably inconsistent at the beginning of the season. I've been just thrilled with the joy that he's been bringing lately. And again, it's it's my whole belief, too, about these smaller receivers that sometimes it takes them a little bit longer to figure out and find their groove. And he's starting to find it right now. Well, I'll say this. My order, in all honesty, is the same as yours. Evans, then AJ, and then Cooks. Cooks... I think he'd be better if you had a cannon of, a, of an arm of a quarterback. But, I mean, just the way that uh, the rookie's playing and the way the volume that Evans is getting, it's just too good of a time. And then you saw that play, that tap down. Oh, my God. That, that, the fact that he could make that catch, obviously he's dropped about 400. Right. Uh, he's 40 points worth of uh, stuff. But, I don't know. It'll be interesting to go into next year. If, if Evans wasn't banged up, I would have probably gone with him over. I'm regretting it. Let's go on to uh, Colts side. Yeah. Yeah. Who's um, Colt walks out, right? Hasselback. Matt Damon. <laughs> you gave yourself an opportunity and you didn't even play it. <laughs> Matt Damon. I'll always play it. Sometimes I want to say it because it's, it's fun to Matt say. Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Hasselback. Matt Damon. Matt Hasselbeck. Matt Damon. Only do it when you're making fun of me, not Hasselbeck. Uh, I guess the real question is Frank Gore and his little thigh injury, whatever, thigh, knee, whatever they want to call it. And is Ahmad Bradshaw now going to be more involved like he was at the end of the game because Frank Gore was pretty much, you know, being held out. So what, what I'm hearing so far is... Frank Gore should be fine. <laughs> you believe in Gore? Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't. It's going to take a lot more to take the tank out of the game and uh, than a thigh or a knee. I knew, just so you know, because I was thinking of a pun. Because whenever we're talking about Frank Gore, Go ahead, we, you, we start punning it out. Yeah, hey, I knew you were going for one because I was actually thinking one up. I'm glad. What was yours? Glad. I think I was going back to the gory well. <laughs> just <like> something <laughs> Halloweeny or something. All right, don't so, say Matt Damon. I wouldn't say Matt Damon. <laughs> so I've got I've got trust in Gore, but I'm also starting to believe that Ahmad Branch is going to be a little bit worked in, especially in the passing game, a little bit more. And you know, seeing him score some touchdowns is great, but he's not a guy I'm going to run to the waiver wire for. But if he's available after those guys we talked about, Ahmad Bradshaw is probably that fifth guy we missed when we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, T.Y. Oh. You like this? I mean... You like he? T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. T.Y. Hilton's in the same A.J. Green type range with these guys we've been talking about. Absolutely. And he's been, you know, one of the more insufferable ones with no sort of quarterback play uh, to speak of and injuries of his own. And the touchdowns really just haven't been there for him. And the targets, you know, they keep... You know, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Sometimes he's at 13, and sometimes he's at 4, like last week. I don't like what I've been seeing over the last three weeks. Seven targets, six targets, four targets. So uh, that's concerning. The other thing that's concerning is he's only gotten over 100 yards once on the year. Uh, That was for 150. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, and in that game he had two touchdowns. Oh, is that against New Orleans, who is awful? That was against New Orleans, who's awful, and so we're going against another awful defense in the NFC South. 
Um, but the, the problem for Hilton is, again, you want to talk about, yes, a, a guy who I've loved as a wide receiver since he's come into this league. I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't own him. So I'm not speaking from the hate of a person that's owned him, but I can understand the frustration from a guy who scored his only three touchdowns all in two weeks, um, week six and week seven. And other than that, has been held, um, it's just to mediocrity. He's just, he's not giving you any, one big game. Other than that, he's just giving you some, and a lot of mediocre games, you know, 21 yards, 15 yards, 45 yards. That's, that's three games of just meh. So, and with Hassel back there, I just don't know that I see this offense flowing enough because they're going to go be running themselves through the running game. This is still going to be a Frank Gore type of a game. And you're going to see a lot more play out of the tight ends like we saw last week, too. All of a sudden, Kobe Fleeter becomes a, a bigger option in what's going on there. So, I, I, I worry for T.Y. that, you know, anyone that's hoping that you're going to get, you know, the, that deep bomb pass and giving that 70-yarder and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, we're, we're just building on top of it. And, you know, they're not happening right now. But you need time to make those plays unfold. And the reason that they were able to happen with Luxron is because he's got that little quasi-mobility and he can make make moves out and buy some time. Man, Hanselbeck can't do that. And they have a horrible offensive line. That that line is atrocious. So what 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 then happens is that it becomes a more of a, a quicker passing attack, and you're not you're not not letting those longer plays develop because you know they're going to get killed. Yeah, and T. Y. Hilton hasn't gotten those sort of screen pass plays we've seen a lot from him in the last season where he's just Good sort of point. taking it to the house. And that seems like something that's missing from their offense that should be reinstilled. So we'll see if that makes Have they been giving those to Moncrief or what is it? You know, that's a whole problem. With Hassel back there, he's Andre? spreading the ball around to everybody. It was like I don't know what was the most person uh, person targeted. It was like five targets or six targets for, for somebody. It was it, Everybody got was getting was getting a low amount of targets, but at least some targets. So when you want to count on anyone that's going to be a dominator for you, no, Hasselbeck again, savvy veteran. What's he going to do? He's looking at whatever the defense is going to give him, and he's just taking whatever they're giving him so they can keep the play alive. But you still got to start start him as, but you just got to temper exactly. You got to understand that you're not going to get that huge game. One thing I love about Valverde's is I give myself a ton of targets on him. Valverde. We will disguise you as a terrorist and take you deep into the Middle East. If your acting is successful, you'll be able to get us all the information we need to stop this whole thing from happening. Of course, if you're not interested, there's the door. All right, thanks. <laughs> Me. He's leaving. He's out. All right. Uh, anything else to talk about in this game or should we move on? No, that's about it. I mean, the tight ends are making a little bit of a comeback, so Fleener's back on the fantasy radar. Uh, you know, Moncrief, you know, got it going a little bit last week and looks like he's a guy who's like a wide receiver three. And Tampa Bay's not exactly world beaters on defense, even though they have been playing pretty well over the last couple weeks. I, I just don't think they're that great of a defense to you know sort of be feared. All right, let's go on. I wish we could have uh, watched the Bills game as we usually do when we record on Tuesday. We get that Monday night game, and I wonder how they're doing right now. But Bills are going to be at the Chiefs. 
Let's start with the Bills. Wow, big week for Tyrod. <laughs> wow. And also, what a horrible week for Tyrod. Yeah. We don't know shite about what's happening in what the What about season. a middling week for Tyrod is the correct answer right now. Yeah, okay, wait. So, give us the update. Since, yeah, since we're, since we're, I want to go I, I don't care either. I'm not like Dawn. Don't. Don't tell don't me what's going on. Ten. I'm watching the Michigan State Women's Volleyball <laughs> Junior Varsity Game. Matt Damon. Can you tell me what's going on? <laughs> Matt Damon. It's 10-3 Patriots. Tyrod Taylor is 11 of 19 for 129 yards. Uh, halftime? What is it? Over, over halftime. LaShawn McCoy is 15 of 72. Oh, they must have just scored to make it 10-10? Refresh. Who, who scored? LaShawn McCoy. 15 for 72 in a tutty. Carlos Williams, just three carries for 10 yards. Tyrod Taylor's got to run for one yard. So, what, is, what, about, what, about, Gronk, Clay, what about Clay? What about Clay? And, Char- I mean, Charles Clay has one target for 14 yards. And, uh, and Sammy Watkins has one target uh, for zero yards. Wow. And how about the Patriots side? Robert Woods. We'll talk about the Patriots oh, yeah. when we get to the Patriots. Oh, okay. oh, right. Robert Woods. So, Robert Woods has seven targets. And Chris Hogan has four. Oh, no. Seven targets and what? Because I'm going to get three for 35. Okay. That's not bad. Oof. Damn, how many yards did you say that uh, McCoy had? 72. And touchdown? How long is touchdown? Uh, maybe 27 yards. Ooh, that's... That, that, that over here, is there a bonus? Or is it 30 yards? He's, he's, got, he's got to really light it up. I'm, I'm not too worried about that one. Um, all right, let's go on. Bill, no, 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 you got to give us the pass, though. We, 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 we're on the... We're on the Oh, no, oh, no we'll wait, wait till the pass and we'll get the pass yeah. information. He wants yeah. to get later. Chill, bro, chill. Oh, bro. chill, bro, chill, man. Hey. His hey. voice goes really yeah. high when he doesn't want to give you the pass. I'm sorry. Matt Damon. Enough with Matt Damon. No, he's going to be haunting your dreams. God damn it. <laughs> um, let's talk about... <laughs> so let's talk about the Bills. Yeah, what do you think? Will they be this? able to run the ball against this Kansas City Chiefs defense who has you know, shut pretty much everybody down for the last couple weeks here? No, I don't think that they will. Uh, Kansas City is is also kind of one of the hotter teams right now. So you look at what they're doing. Not only are they shutting down the running game for uh, opponents, they're also running the ball very well against everyone that they've been running against the last three or four weeks. No matter who the running back is. Exactly. So, you know, as much as the Bills have that in, the, in their repertoire, no, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to try to throw the ball against Kansas City. And, you know... I, I just I don't I have a feeling it's going to be a rough game because the way that they're not equipped to be able to come in and, and throw the ball and the Chiefs at Arrowhead you talk about home field advantage there is a very much a home field advantage when you play at Arrowhead and those fans are into it and the, and the team is playing well you know and they are right now so Rex Ryan. He's going to come in with you. He's going to want to run the run the ball. He's going to want to try to establish their will, and I think it's going to get shut down early. And you might have, and it could be one of those things where, you know, it's not like it's going to be any type of a game where Kansas City is just going to be lighting you up. But if you start going three and outs or only one first down against Kansas City, they have a way of just wearing you down. And it's not because they're, you know, Hitting you with the big plays, it's just they're hitting you over and over and over again, and just keeping the, uh, the the ball. And yes, you'll be in the game, but will you really have been in the game? And I don't think that the Bills are going to be able to stay with them in this one. I I don't know, man. I think the Bills are pretty good, except when they play the Patriots. 
I think the Patriots have their number, and I I think it they doesn't can... sound like from what we're talking about here that, that this is a lower scoring game than anyone had thought. What's going on now? Past half, and I, I don't that... know. Looks like they this game. If this game's close, this game's close. I'm Bills not... have a good defense, and this is where this is where it gets interesting. So I, it's going to be more of that. But I think the Chiefs they got a good offense too. A lot of players, a lot of weapons. Yeah, but you know what? But they haven't been difference makers, and this is where you know you're they're a top at... ten scoring offense right now. Yeah, God, that, that just tells me, like, I just don't like, if that's the top 10 scoring offense right now, that's kind of scary. The running backs are just scoring all the points. Like, it's LaShawn McCoy and it's Carlos Williams. Well, that's where it's been, and it's been through, okay, so when you look at it from a fantasy standpoint, they're the rarity team that's giving you the, the, the points through the running backs. Everybody else gives you the points to the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, and you throw in one of the running backs. So, um, and Charles Clay has been doing nothing for you over the past Four or five, six weeks. So you know, off and on, he's a PPR player, not really a standard league guy. Which is no, he doesn't score the touchdowns. So you know, and Sammy Watkins is is hit or miss, and a lot of miss. And and, and unfortunately, no, but unfortunately, with Robert Woods or Chris Hogan or any of the other guys that you have, you just have inconsistent players there. They're Jags. Yes, just Just another guy. guy. I know, (laughs) bunch of Jags. (laughs) But Sammy Watkins is a difference maker who they don't target. They and need, who's also never 100% healthy. That's fine, but you still need to target him healthy or not, because at 85%, Sammy Watkins is better than Robert Woods and Chris Hogan. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> Let's go on to the Chiefs' side of the ball. Uh, Alex Smith, start with him and talk about him for 10 seconds. Stags. 250 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 33 yards rushing. I give him a, that, t- I give him a touchdown and an interception. No, that's what he did last week. Oh, I was—I thought you were predicting this week. I, but I, he's probably going to do 220 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, because he hasn't thrown an interception since week three of the season. Mm. Um, and he's just going to take care of the ball. They're going to lean on their running backs. And, you know, Macklin's not going to do much, and they're going to under-target Kelsey. And he's... Tar- so, Kelsey... <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to see if I had to open this one. Kelsey is averaging 30% of the Chiefs' targets on the season. And even though he's averaging such a big piece of the pie, like it's still not just coming out to major fantasy production because he's not scoring touchdowns. They are all going to the running backs. Like It's ridiculous how many... Touchdowns have gone to this team's running backs Wait, compared to the rest of their players. You're saying to major, like to, it's not equating to major. It's not even equating to mediocre. Top five tight end. Mediocre. Do you have him on any of your teams? Yeah, and he's every terrible team. every fucking. No. Yeah, he, he had the, it, was all points from, a week, it was all from like the first two three weeks of the season, and since then it's been it's been horrible. It's, it's been terrible. I have him too because it's just been like ugh. You're like, where's the boom? Where's the like, at least with Eifert right now, I'm still getting the, even where the, the the yardage isn't there. I'm getting the touchdowns. You're not getting the. But touchdowns. But what's more predictable? Right, right now, now, the touchdowns, the touchdowns, touchdowns are more predictable <laughs> than than more than, than five catches to uh, five uh, catches for sixty I, yards to, every week. That's like terrible. that's that's like I play in PPR leagues. That's uber consistent. Now you see, the new world is inevitable. It's what? Inevitable. One more time. Inevitable. Things are inevitably going to change. God damn it! Open your fucking ears. <laughs> Say one thing, and I, you can you can be bullheaded on this, and I like it because people know that you just won't admit 
to certain things. But when you were hauling and hawing and going ballistic on this guy in the preseason before drafts, yeah. you were not expecting four or five catches for 65 to 75 yard games. Yes, that was, was not what you, why you were going that nuts was, on him. That was exactly what I... You're like, wrong. No. You thought he was going to be lighting it up, untouchable. Finally, he, you, so you wanted this mediocre. You wanted to. You I wanted nuts with the nu- You thought he was going to be the number one tight end for sure. You didn't. No, think I did he was not think he was going to be the fifth. Did yeah, I think he was going to be number one? Two, number two. Like okay, fine, I had fine, number there. two. Fine, hold on. Number two. The sixty-five yards is not what it, it, that, that would be fine, but that's not what you're talking about. What we're talking about is five for forty-six, five for thirty-six, six for forty-nine with a touchdown. Then he had the two good ones, 573, 585, 5 for 35, 5 for 49, 4 for 58. That's what we're talking about. I'm going to go listen to preseason shows. Stay. You were nuts on this guy. I'm just trying to call you out on that. Like, you weren't trying to get the fifth tight end in, in slow and steady games. You thought he was going to be a force. Yeah, and you he, thought has he, been been a, he has been a force. No, he hasn't. He's been terrible. I play in PPR leagues where none so of this other shit matters. So it's, but it's, he's, he's not a force. I, Those aren't force numbers. Six catches, five catches, five catches is an extra one and a half points. not a force. One and a half? Two and a half points to what? That's five points a week. Okay, well, To the tight end that catches three points, it's one and a half points more. A force is what Eifert's doing. A force is what Gronk's doing. A force is what Olsen's doing. You liked him over those guys. Yeah, and nobody, a force. there's nobody in the world that had Eifert over fucking... But, but, no, me. look at these numbers. Not these, these are not, these are you not, didn't rank him that way. But, but these are a difference. I think I did. No. These yes. are a difference maker yeah, numbers. I'll, let's go look at my final rankings. I bet you I had Eifert, if maybe I had him one lower. But, but I had... But still, you're coming, you're talking about a guy coming off an injury. Like he's still on pace for a thousand yard season, which is what I thought. I, the only thing that hasn't happened. It's is unbelievable the how you will not take defeat <laughs> in any way. It's almost embarrassing. I won't. to be honest. Well, it's like, embarrassing. I, I Sometimes thought, you gotta kind of call it the way it is. I I thought. Honestly, you lose. Honestly, sometimes you just gotta say, "Hey, didn't get this one right." You sometimes gotta do it. I mean, he's gonna have eighty catches for a thousand yards. Okay, we'll go to the, we'll go to the preseason, and that's now. You weren't like trying to get these. You were trying to get the best best tight end. He's gonna light it up in the whole season. I mean, like, we're, the whole season we're off season. We're like Alex Smith fucking sucks. It's they're the a running team. And you're like uh, he's he's on. He's got, you'll see. You'll see. It's a scheme of value. It's I still didn't draft him in the first round. Like I had to draft Gronk. Like I still told you where I was gonna take him. I wouldn't take him till the sixth round. No, you were say- wrong. You were saying fourth round the no. whole summer. You, I'm about I to go back. And, yes, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I said I would never. And you can never was six. But you can look at the mock draft. God, are you off on this? I never said you're off. I never would draft him. Always. I'm going to settle us all down. We all need a break. I'm going to be recording and playing. I'm going to be doing some sound. Never said fourth round. All right, here's it. Everyone, you have a little bit of time here. I'm going to I'm going to give a little reset. I think you guys drink. Way too many Valverdes. I'm on my second, to third beer through two I'm, sets. Let's talk gonna, about this offseason. And let's talk about this. You're going to get smoked. I'm, I'm going to get a reset here. And enjoy, everyone. Team America World Police theme song, Valverde. America.
draft kit, final version. Travis Kelsey, fourth for you. Tyler Eifert, fifth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, For me, Greg Olson, second. Travis Kelsey, third. I I relented once Kelvin Benjamin went down. I wasn't, like, totally adhering to the facts. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and listen. I love listening to our podcast, unlike a few other people. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you right now, you I remember the stuff. stuff. I I love the guy. I still do. He's still doing everything. And yeah, Alex Smith is dragging him down. The early on talk though was I was, never said I would draft him in the fourth round. I said that was too. I will promise you. I'll bet you a hundred dollars that I can find. It's a needle in a haystack. For, for $100, <laughs> I will find that, you will, that you're that you willing to grab him in the fourth round on a podcast. I would maybe even double down. If I find it once, I won't look. I'll double down that I could find another one. You ready to go 100 I don't have ready money. to go 100 <laughs> I'll do this. I think he'd want to bet on this one, too. You were about him in the fourth round. And you're like, dude, if Gronk's in the first round, I can get Kelsey in the fourth round. That's value. Come on. You're, you're spinning in the reverse cycles. It's all good. Let's I, move I on. I don't have $100 to bet you. I'll bet you something else. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's just go on the... Sometimes <laughs> you're going to have to call and, and admit to what you say. Because it's on... It's recorded. I, and you're I don't believe off. I said fourth round. I feel like I'm in the middle of a... Uh, well, it's just like... This was his biggest call, and now he's kind of saying, this is what I thought it was going to be. Four catches for 75 yards. It's a vicious table tennis match I'm it's, watching it's right now. I'm enjoying it. All right, let's move on. I'm done. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's go on what to the. What game are we on? Let's go on to. The, we don't need the Chiefs anymore. Matt Damon. Stop with the Matt Damon. That's what's getting us all fired up. You got. It's like a punch in a hornet's nest. Like, oh, Matt Damon. I love it. All right, our my favorite player, Amara Cooper, is garbage this week. Yeah. Oh my God. Point five points across yeah. every league. Oh, he, he got he got beat by. Did they call last week? Stags. He got beat by Michael Wallace. He scored point six points. Ugh, terrible. But let's talk about the Raiders against the Titans, which is actually a pretty exciting young team, up-and-coming team kind of game. Can this change? So now we're excited about the Titans after how we bashed them last week against the Jags. Hey, we said that was going to be the worst game in the history of Thursday. We came around. You know what? And we were wrong. This is what he's going to do. I like it. You want to to go listen to that one? At the end, I said, you know what? Actually, in the scheme of the NFL, I listened to the podcast, I think yesterday. Um, Actually, it will be in a good game. We did bash that game. We bashed it. We did bash it. Then we came around. Now we realize because we we checked the schedule and we saw that the Ravens were playing the Browns on Monday night. (laughs) Everything is better in comparison. That was (laughs) bad. Is, that one probably might actually be a fun game to watch. Oh, Jesus. There's a difference between a fun game to watch right, no, no, and I'm, interesting NFL I'm, game and fantasy football and, but, but I've always been the proponent of that when we put two horrible teams together. It's like weird fantasy things happen. There's always some <laughs> some strange fantasy so player that comes out. And the important thing is when it's on a Thursday, yeah. a Saturday... Or a, or a Monday, or a Sunday night. It's easier to be like, come on, you could have done all these, and this is what you got. Yeah, but I mean, I, this will be a fun game the same way I thought the Raiders-Bears game was going to be fun. Well, this is going to be a fun game in the fact that we can watch it once every half hour on the fucking Red Zone channel. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. i got too many Raiders. Uh, what, where's, uh, it sucks again we're doing this early, and Dog's not here. Usually uh, when we do it on Tuesday, we can get a kind of a sense of where our car is going to be in the rankings, and we've gotten that posted to our base camp. What do you guys think about Carr in, in this situation going against the Titans? 
Well, I mean, coming off that dud of a performance this week. Ugh. Well, listen, but this is the thing that you have to understand that you're going to get from him. You're going to have these games where all of a sudden it's going to it's going to come back down to earth. But at the same time, I don't like him as much this week against the Titans. We we the Titans are that team that just kind of slogs you out. They slow you down. They they just kind of muck things up. And 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 look, you're not going to see. Him lighting it up, so I think you're gonna probably. I would. I would probably say the dog's probably gonna have him somewhere from ten to fifteen this week. Because which would be a low ranking for Derek Carr. A really yeah, low ranking. Yeah. Because but but dog will tell you he's like he'll always every every podcast the Titans defense and underrated <laughs> and they are and it's like because the why they're not in a good fantasy team because they're not getting the turnovers to go for touchdowns they're not getting any any special teams putt returns or kick returns for touchdowns but what they do is they're not getting a ton of sacks but what they are doing is they're not allowing teams to get a lot of first downs against them they're making them earn their yards and they're and they're and they're slowing down teams i mean you gotta take away that new orleans game from two or three yeah, weeks ago. i mean yeah the new orleans it's game is an anomaly okay. is the outlier i mean that was a three touchdown game that was their only three passing touchdown game allowed and then drew Brees also rushed for another one but besides that they have not allowed another quarterback to score more than two Two touchdowns against them. So and they did a really nice job against Bortles. Who and, I think Bortles yes. dog had Bortles at number four, three or four, three yes. or four, yes. and he put up an under ten point performance. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know what? The, the Titans are a team that's like the Bears. The Bears are a team that you never bet against the spread, right? Like as far as like against the spread, the Bears beat the spread. Like I, I think this is like going back over like the last twenty years. They may be the team in the NFL that has beaten the spread more than any team in the <laughs> NFL, and, it, and it's like road teams, like as a as a dog, as a road dog or whatever, they beat the spread like more times than not. So it's like I feel the same way with Tennessee. This is like a defense that, like, you look at it on paper and you're going, "Oh my god, yeah, my my guy should be able to light them up," but they just don't, and. I'm scared for your boy Amari. I, I think that Amari has kind of hit this rookie wall. He got a ton of work early. He's been and now you know. Think about it. Here we are right now in college football season. This is week eleven, week twelve. Okay, well you're at the end of the, of the of the college season, and he never had to go against the stiffest competition that he's been going against every single week. And I think that it's just it's that attrition. It's that. You know what? So I think now is where I agree, you're going to start to see. I, but now is where I, can, I think you're going to start to see Michael Crabtree consistently probably have more catches, more yards, more touchdowns, more fantasy points. He looked pretty bad last week. I know, but you know what? But he's a veteran that at least knows how to bounce back, and at least has, has been through the the ups and downs before. I mean, they, Amari was just expecting cupcake week in the SEC. That that's it. Like that's the week where they play bums. Right. <laughs> so where's if, Vanderbilt? Where's Vanderbilt? <laughs> Even better. Where's Georgia Southern? There you like go. Uh, so that's what he was expecting. He played Darius Slay as we talked about, who's been awesome. Uh, you know, this week I don't think they have a corner that can keep up with him, and I, I just think. He he's gonna be fine for the rest of the season. I just he's never he's not gonna be that top ten sort of guy, that flash guy. When he was scoring all those touchdowns, the touchdowns I just don't think are gonna come at the same rate. He's gonna be that guy who's like eighty. He's gonna be the Calvin Johnson, the six catch for eighty yards type of guy. And while that's good fantasy performance, this is not gonna be that boom that we saw earlier in the season. And the other problem that he has, he's only had one boom game all year, right? And the other and the other thing that he has uh, going against him now is that. Every team has a ton more tape on him now. So where he was exploiting people in the first four or five weeks of the season, 
Now, you know, you got to come up with newer moves or you're going to have to But be... it's not only on him. It's no, also Derek Carr. Derek Carr's in the second year. Surprised. Lights out on everyone. Didn't think, you know... Well, look, you want to know what else they need? So it's him, too. There's more tape well, on let's, the whole let's, situation. Well, no, let's talk about the whole situation, though. Where's the running game? Because where is Latavius Murray? Where is the guy that is supposed to be taking over games and helping him out? 13 carries for 28 yards? That ain't getting it done. I mentioned, I was mentioned that earlier. Here's a guy that... He's so boomer busted, it's mostly bust. From what you're seeing out of Latavius Murray, you're not getting the, you know, we saw the, the, the flash game when he got injured, right? How yeah. many yards did he have in that game? Was that against Kansas City last like year? Like four carries for 133. Yeah. <laughs> He's got 200-yard games on the season. He, you know, has, thank God he scored the touchdown this last year, but in his last two games, he has a total of, of less than uh, 70 yards total rushing. On 25 carries, so and he's coming. He he has had a concussion in the last few weeks, right? And so he's also not been, giving you the, the he's not been a real dual threat when you're looking at the guys that are like the major dual threats. Like you thought in that first game, uh, you know he had seven receptions. Since then, the most he's had is five receptions, which was two weeks ago, and that was only once. And every other time is three, two, or one. I mean, he's been okay in that no, respect. No, 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 but, but he's not a guy that is a true dual threat. Like, everyone thought because of his speed and the way that he can get outside, and also because of his size, because, look, this is a guy, you know, who, who's, who's not a five foot eight inch running back. You know, he's a guy that can, that can be used as a wide receiver. But hold on, let's just make sure that this is known. And this is, this is what happens in fantasy football with so many experts, Twitter and all the, all the platforms. This guy was going into this year with a lot of promise and hope with not much of a resume. Right. And a lot of people were just thinking, all of a sudden he's going to get this opportunity. Like, oh, of course. Why wouldn't he have been a guy that hasn't done anything his first three years in the league? But now he's the man, and uh, this team is growing up. And he's going to be amazing. So he kind of has been what he should be, almost in, to a degree better. But that doesn't help this offense. That doesn't help fantasy owners because... He's not a guy that you can really count on for a season. And let's be honest, I think when people were taking him early in the fourth round in my drafts, I was looking at that thing like, you're not going to like that too much. But here's the other Every problem. Every time. Here's, here's the biggest problem. They don't give him enough carries. Okay? So let's look at, it, look at his season. When he had 15 or more carries, what has he done? 15 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown in week two against Baltimore. That's pretty good defense, would we say? Yeah. That's the run. Uh, the next week at, at Cleveland, 26 carries, 139 yards, and a touchdown. The week after that, 15 carries for 49 yards. Uh, then he had 15 carries for 85 yards at San Diego, 20 carries for 113, 17 for 96. All the other games where he's got 28 yards, 48 yards, 39 yards. I just don't uh, think those are Those are on games where he's not getting a, a, a volume. The thing is, they have to give him volume because they're five and zero when they give him more than twenty carries. There you go. But don't you think they're a little bit worried that? I agree. Obviously, the, the the stats are are the proof in the pudding. But don't you think they're a little worried about giving this guy too much volume because it seems like he can't take the punishment? No, I think they're just they 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 get pass happy. They're one of those teams that come it's out Oakland. there. Oakland. They come out of there and they think they can just throw on everybody, and then they throw a couple incompletions. And then it's third and out, and then they didn't run the ball at all, and then suddenly ends up the game with 13 carries. I think I think Al Davis when he died, he like put like in, in all future things of like all the helmets where they have like little things. I think he put a little echo chamber in this. Throw it, baby. Just, just throw. throw. Just throw. <laughs> deep. Just throw it to the wind, baby. Speed throw it to the speed guy. Throw it to the speed guy. 
All right, let's go on to the uh, next game. Come on, we got to move on to this Yeah, let's, uh, let's, oh, no, we got quick, quickly, Titans. Titans, all right. Marcus Mariota, he's a he's showing you that he's a, a decent quarterback. He didn't throw any touchdowns last week, but he started to give you some rushing yards. If he's going to be a guy that's going to run with the ball as well, I like him, uh, you know, as a guy that, that, is, that has potential. Delaney Walker is the number one target in the passing game on this team. Their running back situation is a goddamn mystery to me. Antonio Andrews all of a sudden becomes the main guy again. As I said, David Cobb was at four carries, negative three yards. You sucked if ass. If you're starting a running back you shouldn't on the Tennessee be. You're Titans, losing football your games. Your season is over. Yeah, you're done. I don't know. Antonio Andrews has been pretty good. Yeah, pretty good, but... You know, but running back so bad right now. Like in the scheme of things, Antonio Andrews is getting fifteen to eighteen touches a week and averaging five yards a carry. Like he's no, no. doing all right. Like, and he's going to continue. That's how to get bad him. running back is right now. He will continue to get them too because they need to have a guy that they can run inside the tackles, and you don't have to worry about Dexter McCluster taking who's out, away. He's right. going to be out the next month. So he's. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to worry about. So uh, knee injury. You don't have to worry about Destin McCluster. David Cobb is not turning anything. What's Bishop Sankey got? There's nobody else there that you can trust. And with Marcus Mariota, what's the other thing that was most important? A guy that can at least stand in front of someone and block him. Yeah. So Antonio Andrews can do that. Kendall Wright also should be back for this game, which would provide a boost to that wide receiving core that doesn't really have a veteran out there. Right yeah, now. But that's the other problem for Mariota. He needs to have him back, and he needs to have more weapons there. Uh, until that time, Delaney Walker is the best option on that team. If I was the offense coordinator for that team, I would say, uh, uh, Marcus, every time you drop back, try and pin it off a defender's helmet or a shoulder pad in the direction of Delaney Walker. He'll catch it and he'll make a great play. Because <laughs> <laughs> that guy's half of his catches over the last two weeks or big plays have come off of deflections. All right, let's go to the uh, Chargers. They're going to be at the Jaguars. I say we can uh, breeze through this one. Let's do our best. How god awful did the Chargers look last it's week? It's sad. It's not uh, right. against Kansas City, retiring LT's jersey, and then getting smoked. I say they look terrible. terrible last I want to know why it happens to teams when they retire teams' jerseys that they get destroyed. Hopefully, hopefully that happens on Thursday against the Bears. Yeah, no, suck it, Farm. That would be great because the Packers did it to the Bears. When they retired uh, Buckus and, and Sayers jerseys on that Halloween night, and it was like the, the horrible. You're reminiscent. Let's talk about things that oh. matter. <laughs> All right, well, what matters in this game? Is it San Diego versus. I mean, what okay. Does Danny Woodhead, does Danny Woodhead bounce back from that horrible performance? I gotta think so. I well, mean, how could he do any worse? Yep. I mean, yeah, he's got that going for him. Plus, I just think that he's a good enough running back to where. They're gonna need. It. The question is like, where did all the passes to Danny Woodhead somewhere go last week? I don't know. It was like I think they were on a mad dash trying to establish a run against the Kansas City team, which made no sense because Kansas City is a team that you just don't run against. You throw against Kansas City, and you know I think what you really saw is just how much they are hurt at wide receiver. When you, oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have anyone. When Dontrell Inman is was was. You're one of your more effective type receivers in that game. Herndon and, uh, yeah, right. and Stevie it's, Johnson. And, and that's the thing. Stevie Johnson was never a wide receiver one. Even yeah. in his heyday in Buffalo. He was really more of a wide receiver two 
who could work, he needed to work off of someone else. Was he working with Lee Evans? I mean, he was, was, he, he, he was, was he still there at that time? He was the wide receiver know. one de facto, but... But, but he wasn't the wide, wide receiver, receiver one, that's what I mean. Though. No, he was the team's wide receiver one. No, but, but, he, but I mean, he's not... He's he, not a true one. It's what I'm trying to say. So, when you're putting him now at this age, at this time in his career, he's really a wide receiver three. So now you're trying to elevate him to wide receiver one. And, and unfortunately, here's the thing for Phillip Rivers... Well, or fortunately, if you're an owner of them, they're at least going to throw the ball because that's what they do. So, yes, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Danny Woodhead gets back into the action this week. They start figuring out ways to, to do what they did when they were uh, truly effective, which was, you know, when they couldn't run the ball, using that short passing game to try to just methodically move the ball downfield and take time. You, you don't have Malcolm Floyd anymore. You don't have anyone that you can truly trust. I know you want to throw the ball downfield, but you really don't have anyone to do that with. If they don't have a good game against the Jaguars here, the team is going to quit outright on the season. I think and, they might have already. But the one thing to remember, and this is what you're hoping for if you're a Rivers owner, if you've got players on this team, Gates, uh, Woodhead, whatnot, you're hoping that you that, that Rivers can muster that December magic that hasn't been around quite as much over the past couple of years. But there was a great stretch of a number of years where Rivers in December is lethal. So you're just kind of hoping that something like that can kind of resurrect itself. But if they get crushed in this game, just in general, I think that team might just quit on the season. I mean, everybody except for Antonio Gates, who's saying it could be his last hurrah, but maybe not. And then, you know, Ladarius Green, those guys are both out there playing a little bit banged up and hurt because there's no other wide receivers. So, uh, you know, like the, him targeting Gates just didn't look right last week. And I just don't think we're going to see too much of that, especially against the not-so-great Jacksonville defense. Can I ask you guys a question? Melvin Gordon's obviously hard to give uh, a career, and when we get questions on second uh, opinions and, and on some of the social media, and they're like, rest of season, what do you think between these six players? It's like, come on, wait, give me an impossible question to answer. But what do you think about Melvin Gordon's trajectory for a career, considering what he's a 16th pick as a running back in the first round are you liking where it goes or is this going to be a uh, it's going to be a quick it i'm going to give you i'm going to give you a quick career i'm going to give you kind of a cop out answer but i was going to say that it's a uh, i'm going to withhold judgment at this point in time because the chargers now that they have him and they wasted they they they, they spent a uh, a second round pick on him that now you don't have to worry about running back, right? So now this is not a, an area that you're addressing. You've already re-signed Rivers to a long-term contract. You're not going after that position. Well, you might need to go after a wide receiver, but hopefully what I, would, what I would like to see and how I will feel better about him going forward is does San Diego commit to at least an offensive lineman in the first two rounds? Do something to improve your line. Do something that's going to help bring a difference maker on that line to give him a chance because... He is not the type of running back like a Thomas Rawls or someone that can take some contact and, and, and run and, and go through. He needs to be having an open hole, get to the outside, and let him use his speed. That's the type of runner that he was. He was not this guy that's a prototypical inside runner. He's more of a pitch and run to the outside and use your speed and hit the corner and beat the, the everyone out there and, 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 and break the long play. And until they, they need to work to what he does well, Build around that 
whether that means you're getting pulling guard in, in the draft or whether that means that you need to get a, a stud tackle or whatever the case is, help him out. In I think regard. that his, his skill set that, that was the best thing for him at Wisconsin was the fact that he played every friggin' town. He was a three-down back. So does and he every plays at Wisconsin. He played every exactly, and that's why they get so many huge stats, and that's why there's a lot of guys that get drafted high and go. And other than a handful, not even a handful, other than Eddie George and maybe one year of the Thunder and Lightning and Ron Dane after literally having four years out of college where he was crap. The, uh, most of these running backs that are drafted, Eddie George was Ohio State. Oh, uh, you're right, Ron Dane. Ron Dane. You're uh, right. Eddie George was Ohio State. I'm sorry. Like you go back to Michael Bennett. Bennett. He was good for a while. He was, he was good. great. He well, I liked Michael Bennett. But yeah, but he these was guys good. are there where yeah. they just play every single play. And it's like, if you get 35 opportunities in a game against a lot of crap Monty teams, Ball was the other guy. Monty, Monty Ball. Ball. Was, yeah, Monty you know, Ball's the best I know example. why you were bringing up his yeah. name, because like the, the NFL fanfare is not there. Best example ever is Monty Ball. Because so, he can't even get no job right now. No, yeah, right. <laughs> Good God, that was cool. Maybe we can get him That's a job sitting in Dogmatica's seat or your seat or my seat or D-Rex seat. Or one of them we can't I, I don't think he would like our Wisconsin hate. Yeah, I don't think so either. Go Hawks! Go Hawks! 11-0! Let's talk about uh, Jaguars? Yeah. All right, Jags. A-Rob, real deal. I mean, he. you talk about a guy, that, you talk about players that are scoring... Seven points and nine points and Ingram and Kelsey. This guy averages 15 points. He's just a 15-point-a-week guy. It's either 100 yards or a touchdown, it seems. Um, he's... The, the, the rapport is there. And the other thing that he's got going for him right now is that is, is Alan Hearns back to 100% now? Well, it's not going to be 100% for the rest of the season. He's pretty much decided that he's got a sports hernia and he's going to have off-season surgery. Well, this is the problem, though, that, that's dealing with, um, uh, what you call it? I would it, stay uh, away from Marshawn Lynch was dealing with the, the hernia as well. The, I don't like that. You know, again, that's another one because that's, that's really tough for a wide receiver because that's all your extensions. It's all, everything that you do to try to, like, reach and jump for balls. No, no, no pun intended there on the hernia, but well, hey. I didn't plan on jumping for balls, so. Hey. But. <laughs> so, Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, very, I thought you were doing your no, Matt Damon. Remember, there is no I in Team America. Yes, there is. <laughs> but how about this offense just coming, sort of coming out there and not targeting these guys last Thursday? They did not target Allen Robinson or Allen Hearns for like the first oh my two God. quarters, pretty much the entirety. And last quarter and a half, all of a sudden, then they got all their all the action. Yeah, well, Twitter was about to explode with everybody. It's like, why, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had Allen Robinson. I'm going. Look, this was a dream matchup, and so, but this week, you know, I, I look at it as I, I think that the Jaguars are going to tr- would, would try to establish Yeldon, but it's going to be Allen Robinson. He's going to have a hundred yards again in this game. I don't know. It Jason could a, it, J- could, it could be a nice Yeldon game, though. This is a Yeldon game. This has everything well, written for it, Yeldon. It, it, well, no, it does. Because San Diego is horrible against the yeah. running backs. Right. 
So, but but Yel- here's the thing: where I say it's still going to be Allen Robinson because Yeldon does not impress me. Well, here's the reason why it's going to be Allen Robinson. It's always going to be Allen Robinson. All right, well, this good. is a guy that next year is going. He's in that second, second third round yeah. discussion, like the same dudes we're always talking about. Especially where the Blake Bortles can do his third year in the development there. Yeah. Hopefully, he can deliver on it. We know how hard that is. Cooks, a lot of the Ty Hilton, a lot of these players talking about. It's not easy to be worth that pick, but he's there. He's gonna. He's he's gonna end up. What what is he right now in the position? Four, five, six, maybe six, six amongst wide receivers. But you know, he's just got these numbers that are like astronomical right now. He's got he's averaging seventeen and a half yards a catch. He's got seven touchdowns on the season, and it's just like, uh, is is this sustainable? Is he going to be able to keep up this huge pace from the last couple weeks? And yeah, I mean, I think he's very good, but do I think this offense is that great? Do I think this offensive line is that great? And do I think Justin Verrett is a great corner to shut him down a little bit? Sure. I just don't think this is going to be one of those huge, huge weeks for Allen Robinson. But he's still going to be involved. He's the guy with, you know, he's averaging 10 targets a game. And that's you know what, that's what makes the, you a wide receiver I'll, I'll one. Take, I'll take this, though. I'll, I'll take him in, in this regard because if this is one of those matchups. You say, oh, we got a great corner that's going to be coming against you, but... Verrett, it's not that well known or whatever, and, and and shut down Antonio Brown. Well, you know what, and this is how you get well known. But at the same time, in a matchup where you're going against the Jaguar team, and maybe it's you, you get up for Antonio Brown. We'll see. Do you get up for Allen Robinson? You should. But you want to know what though? Allen Robinson has a way of getting up for all the guys that he's going against too. So I want to tell you this because again too, and this is also where if you know that. Uh, Alan Hearns is not 100%, and you know that they don't have all the other weapons. And if TJ Yeldon is struggling early, this could become where Alan Robinson just, you know, you got to take the game on your shoulders. And look, he's proven that he can do that for this team. So I will take him in the matchup, and I, and I, and I will throw the dice on it. And knowing that it's always him anyway, but I'm saying over 100 yards and a touchdown this week. Regardless of what the reasons are why he should succeed or not, the one thing that really helps out his trajectory and the eye test for me is the fact that every time Bortles, a second-year quarterback that's learning how to not be a checkout down Charlie and take risks and realize, hey, you're going to get some interceptions here and there. But when he takes a chance with Hearns, this is taking nothing away from Hearns, but on Allen Robinson, it seems like in a lot of cases – the ball is coming down and the play is made. And when you're doing that as a quarterback and you're taking chances and the play gets made, same thing. Think Romo. Think Des Bryant. You throw the ball there off. You're like, you know what? I, I, I like the odds on this one. And you just fuck it and chuck it. I mean, I still got to think it's going to be... I think this is the game where they have to establish Yeldon. If they want to have any identity sort of going forward. Agreed. I mean, this is a Yeldon this, game like nobody's business. This this has to be this guy's game. I've had Yeldon on, in a rookie league that I started once and have not wanted to start any other week, really. This week, I've got to start him. It just feels like we've been talking about how the second half of the season for him was going to start working out, but he had a few tough matchups in the past few weeks. Now you finally see the light. Give it the shot. Give it, give it. I'm going to lose my fucking mind, though, if they keep giving the ball to Denard Robinson near the goal line. That's crazy, but Denard is so fast. When they but, give him the ball out there, And then he gets trucked crazy. in the end. Oh, he gets so trucked. He gets trucked behind guy, the line of scrimmage. He takes the biggest hits ever. Oh, my God. You're like, wow, that guy's fast. Like, 
Wow, when, you're, when you're driving into a when you're driving into a brick wall at 200 miles per hour, it really looks a lot more painful than when you're driving into it at 40. All right, should we? Uh, let's move on. One thing to say is the tight end situation. Can Thomas Ju- uh, Orange Julius or now Teal Julius? Can he get going? I mean, he got going with a touchdown last week, but didn't have a ton of yards. The targets are there. It's just one of those things. If they're going to continue to use him near the red zone where he's effective, he's going to be a big-time producer for them as these guys start throwing more touchdowns because they're definitely not running it well down there. Uh, I just think he's going to be... He's a bottom-end, tight-end one streaming option. He's not the guy he was in uh, in Denver, but we knew that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Before I go on to the last of the early games, the Dolphins and Jets, I'll do a quick little shout-out and a pyro promo. Hook us up. Uh, go on iTunes and give us a review, a five-star review, or if you hate our guts and you're listening, you got problems, but give us a one-star review. And uh, tell us why you like Tell us, uh, tell people on iTunes, <clears throat> give us a review on why you like the show. You know, at the same time, I want to extend this and just say, if you listen to this podcast religiously, we understand you're not wanting to give other league mates and other people that you're playing against in leagues and talking fantasy and trying to win their money on a regular basis. We understand you're not wanting to tell them uh, about pyromaniac.com and about this pyro podcast. We get that. But if you got a job... If you're at the office, if you're about around the proverbial water cooler, if you just got friends that you bump into and you're talking about fantasy football with, let them know about us, man. We're trying to grow this thing. We're trying to turn this so that we don't need full-time jobs and we can be 100% um, engaged, pyro, 24-7, 365. And doesn't it kind of feel like we already are? It, we just appreciate it, and the only way that we're going to grow our stature and, and is, is by building an audience and getting new ear earballs listening to the show and eyeballs to our website. And um, I think in general, just tell, give the gift of pyro to the people that are in your league, so that uh, you can help them, you can help us. And as Pyromaniac Mo says, it's good karma. It will be nine eleven times two thousand three hundred and fifty six. My God, that's... I don't even know what that is. Nobody dies. And that's why Pyro is great, because nobody knows. Wow. Unfortunately, it's nobody so knows. great. But we want 9-11 times 2,356 people to know. Sounds good to me. This is interesting stuff. All right. Uh, <laughs> this, this, this is more this, math than you thought you were going to get to. What are you drinking? Dogfish Head 90-Minute Imperial IPA, and it's kicking my ass, and it's making me sound like a mad Damon. Don't do it. I won't do it. I'm drinking Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. You know I love it, Uh, and it's actually a cool thing. We're we're working uh, on starting to figure out some cool things to do with Founders Brewing, which is out of uh, Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. Great, great brewery, and that's uh, Pyromaniac Moe's favorite beer. That's Centennial IPA, and um, some of the really cool things we're kind of going to be working on this off season is a is a platform that really helps us and our Valverdes and microbreweries, and trying to figure out how to bring a community of people together, uh, and do some advertising, do some cool type of uh, marketing for our product, Pyromaniac, and some microbreweries. Because let's be honest, Valverde. Fantasy football 
microbreweries, it all goes hand in hand. So, let's go to the Dolphins at the Jets. Tannehill, kind of had an alright game. Is he, could he be a kind of guy that's a sneaky play? You're a streaming uh, quarterback type of dude. Uh, do you like Tannehill at all going down as the season progresses, or... It's a tough stretch. It's got a tough schedule. I mean, even this though is a tough schedule game. Well, even though the, but the At Jets least have, it was until two weeks ago. The Jets have not been good in the past couple weeks stopping anybody. Anybody. Well, Revis could be out, which would be a big, big sort of determining factor, especially for the receivers, because he did go out and cover Jarvis Landry a little bit. But you know, I still gotta like. I, I just don't see it from Tannehill. I don't see it from the play callers. Uh, pretty much, I think they went out, I think they averaged like six yards a carry, and I'm and yet only gave like 12 carries. Like, shit, shit, like that just doesn't work for me. Like, when you're being success, successful running the ball, why aren't you running the ball and then setting up everything else your offense does? And that's one major problem I have with this offense. I just don't see any sort of dedication to the run game. No dedication to Lamar Miller or Jay So that's just something that sort of scares me going forward. What? And then Tannehill comes out and throws multiple picks. Well, another horrible part is that you're seeing no dedication to Lamar Miller after what he did have for, for, the, for the past few weeks. You know, here was a guy for the last month that was dominating fantasy, fantasy football. The top-scoring running back. In- dominating. And you're not going to, to feed him the ball is, is asinine. The other problem that you get with these Miami wide receivers is that the guy who actually has the biggest breakout game for them is Rashard Matthews. Otherwise, everybody else, is, and even Jarvis Landry, he's doing it just through like a myriad of different ways that he touches the ball and getting eight catches for 70 yards and getting a, a carry here for 14 I yards. I feel like Matthews is the same way, though. Those Matthews plays are like, these big players are like, whoa, looky here, I've got open field, I got this. It seems this like is, a lot of their big stuff is, yeah. He's the king of the nerds. He's he's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's the guy that's giving you the biggest output productions. Otherwise, you're going to get your your Kenny Stills with your 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 somewhat like 72 yards and a touchdown or 40 yards and a touchdown. It, there's just no one there that's really making a difference. And even Jarvis Landry, for everyone, all the praise that everyone wants to put on him, he is not giving you the 100-yard games and the touchdowns and the breakout games. Well, he, we knew he wasn't going to give you 100-yard right. games, but he's he's got plenty of touchdowns. He's got like seven on the season. But I'm, I'm, how, how many are on the ground? Two on the ground and one return. Yeah. How, how many have come in in games where he's Three had over one. over seventy yards? <laughs> I mean, okay, so there you go. He's, I mean, he's, he had a two touchdown game with eighty three yards. Okay, but there's your, that was his breakout game. That's the point. That's his breakout game. Can when I you, say one thing though? Say as many things you want. It's the king of the dipshits, which is from uh, Sixteen Candles, and it's John. Uh, John Hughes. It's, no, John Hughes is the director, yeah. but it's uh, it's the uh, uh, I had his name, and now you're uh, John Michael Anthony Hall. He's the, one of the dipshits. Who's the guy? Uh, I had it until you messed me up, John. Uh, no, John. The Hughes. Yeah, he's a kid. Look here, we're here for five minutes, and when he knocked over the glass, yeah, but, and I'm at a loss. Yeah, it's it was Anthony Michael Hall who said to. Uh, Molly Ringwald, while they're in the car, before he pulls out the mints from his pocket, that he's the king of the dipshits. No, but he's not the king. 
John Cusack was. John Cusack was not the king of the dipshits. Let's we'll go back to the hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. This is as dumb as your Brandon Cooks bet. By the way, that one's not turning out to be bad. We'll find out. Hold on. Let's be honest. No, no. What was the bet? No, no, no. Who would have the most I'm, fantasy I'm, points by the second year? I'm going back to ODB's last year. Way, way ahead. He's I'm going back. Him. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm going back Health. to last year too when we were talking about. Oh yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, that was, <laughs> okay, I well, the preseason. He's talking about the double or nothing. Double but, or nothing. but also you got Allen Robinson to contend with. You guys made fun of me like I think you lost like four hundred bucks bucks <laughs> on that. I lost four hundred bucks, but four hundred bucks on the Cooks bet, and he started lighting it up. But you're right, ODB still and, and Allen Robinson and, and Allen Hurts and Evans. Yep. Well, her a- Evans is way back. Right. Evans isn't even a top 25. Allen Robinson's the one. Okay. He's got those guys to throw in. He's right. ODB and Allen Robinson. Yes, I need. It's King of the dip shits. What up? <laughs> so can we talk about the Jets? I can do it quick. Yeah, let's go. Jets. Uh, Fitzpatrick. He's going to give you about 230 to 260 yards and two passing touchdowns. You're going to get... <laughs> maybe. Uh, this game... I, Frank right. Grimes, baby. All right. Do you want to give him a pick? You give him a pick. Uh, 0.5 picks. Uh, <laughs> Eric Decker is going to be good for at least 70 to 90 yards and most likely going to score you a touchdown since he got held out of the end zone for only the second time of the season last week. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall will see his targets. and Brandon Marshall will most likely score a touchdown. or get, But he's probably not going to get you the 100-plus uh, yard game in this game. I think right now, I think Brandon Marshall might be one of the leaders in ADP ROI. For this season. Yep. I really forgot Alan about Robinson. Alan yeah. Robinson. a big one. Absolutely. Lots of them. Good. Good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's about it. What about Chris Ivory? That's a major question mark. God, what a disappointment he's been over the last, uh, what is it, month, basically. It feels like... I feel like they, you know what? He's they, 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 they used him. They, well, they also overused him and, and wore him down, and, and he just hasn't seemed to be... That effective uh, runner that he is, because he's a guy that runs to contact and runs through them, and he has to be fresh. And I just they just know. abandoned him last week. He, he well, last eight, week. eight rushes for thirty six yards, and then the week before that, he averaged five and a half yards a carry. So he's you can run against Miami. Oh, you definitely can. Ask so, Ask Darren McFadden. So yeah, he's probably going to be a top. I mean, can you sit Chris Ivory? At this point in the season, even with how bad he was last week, or how bad he's sort of been down the stretch, I mean, no. I would tell you this: you, yes, you can sit him the way that he's been playing lately, and I've been playing matchups because I'm I'm one of the guys that has him. But I will say this: at home in a matchup against Miami, I'll take him right now because they need the Jets need to solidify what they're doing right now. They're they're kind of skidding, and the way that their defense is playing. The best way to solve the problems on your defense is to take the ball and run it and keep the ball and keep the time uh, time of possession on your side. So use Ivory, dominate the time of possession, give your defense rest, especially if you're not going to have Revis this week. Time is on my side. Yes, it is. Sorry, I had to sing because Dogmatic, our, our resident singer, is gone. Let's go on to the next game. One of his Houdini. Well, you said they might have flexed uh, one in the late, but Cardinals at 49ers. Let's talk quickly about this game, at least on the Niners. <laughs> I mean, side. we only have to talk about half. Oh, yeah, let's talk about half. There you go. JJ Nelson is going to be uh, waiver wire maven this week. 
Uh, do you think they say he's the fastest wide receiver? One of the fastest players in the league. Well, he's a four-two-six guy at the combine, but he also weighs one hundred and forty pounds. So, could you think that uh, five months ago, with all of our uh, and everyone's in the industry and any experts? Nelson Aguilar, could you imagine that he's already got he's already got more points than Nelson Aguilar in one game, one in three plays, four catches, three plays. That's three, crazy. Yeah, three plays did it, yeah. Good God, good God, fantasy football. That's why this stuff is just. But this is also why you know okay, where JJ Nelson becomes any type of interesting is because everybody in Arizona has hamstring problems. So if my weather, I'm sure. Who knows? Just, I, I will move to Arizona and test this theory. Yeah, <laughs> I'll move right now today. in, 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 in the, uh, uh, mid to late November in Chicago. I will take the experiment, Allison. I'm coming to visit you. I thought Collinsworth <laughs> and Al Michaels were gonna we're gonna like move in together last time. It's great here, isn't it? Oh, I'd love to live here. It's just terrific. Didn't we have the best time? I actually was with uh, a couple people that were like so surprised when they do that mo- that little video, that quick time lapse of them moving the stadium from outside where the grass grows outside. They move it like that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, um, I watch football with you every weekend for the last like eight or nine years. This is the first time that you paid attention enough or watched. Like, the Super Bowl was there <laughs> once or twice. Like, he didn't even know. He's like, how did they do that? Like, you are an idiot. <laughs> you literally haven't remembered that this happened. Like, no, I didn't know they did that. I'm like, wake up. Pass the ball. I said get away from me! I'm completely lost! I've hit rock bottom. He ain't easy. You are. You gotta calm down there, Chuck. I hurt people. I'm a dick. Well, being a dick ain't so bad. See, there's three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies think everyone can get along, and dicks just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, Chuck. And all the assholes want us to shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes, Chuck. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. <laughs> broken. broken. You are broken. Broken. These, these halls of mental lifts aren't working. Oh. So, I mean, J.J. Nelson's only going to be valuable if Michael Floyd stays out. And, you know, that depends on what? His hamstring? So... Yeah, but, but you've had but you've had John Brown who's been dealing with handspring hamstrings too. So and you also have the benefit of no matter what, you know you're talking about a long shot. You're talking about if you're trying to make a pick of a guy like JJ Nelson, you're only grabbing him because you're hoping for a boomer bust. You're hoping for the boom, and you're hoping for it because you have a chance because it is Bruce Arians' offense, and they do like to have the guy throw the ball deep. So. And Larry's not that guy. No, Larry's not that guy anymore. It's John Brown or it's Michael Floyd. But if both those guys are hampered, and you have a guy that's that fast, then you know what you're gonna you're gonna throw him out there. Maybe you take a chance if you're you know for again only for boom. It's gonna give you bust or nothing. It's all or nothing. Let's quickly uh, talk about the Cardinals, but in the same way that I was talking about earlier with Darren McFadden, and the way that preseason you guys were going nuts on how. When you've got a Carson Palmer, Larry Fitz is going to be awesome. 
wow, I don't have Larry Fitz on any team, and I need to assess that and look back. Like, he is awesome. That is guy is bona fide. I would say he's top three. He's in the Julio class and the Antonio Brown class of when a play is hiked and it's a passing play, the target, the first option seems to be a Fitzgerald. And it's it's glorious because I love that guy. I'm I mean, with you. I need I to love re- that guy. I need to reassess as well because I don't have him in any league, and I don't know why I don't. Yeah. We were high on him, and he's one of our favorite players. So, uh, more Cardinals. One of you guys just start spewing some stuff off. We bas- we're not going to talk about the Niners. They don't deserve it. I mean, the only guy you can even talk about for them is Sean Drown, who had a fairly nice game. Let's that, not talk about Sean Drown. That, that was all volume based. I mean, but let's talk about the running backs for for uh, yeah. Arizona, and then uh, and then. Yeah. Then close it out. Well, I think Chris Johnson's like third in the league in rushing. Isn't that yeah, crazy? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing at the contract where it's like you need to get thirteen hundred yards to make two point five million. He's gonna make not saying money. he's not gonna. He, it's not a guarantee, but he's he's it's getting close. It I seems mean, like it seems like Arians wants him to get that cash. I mean, he's at eight hundred right now, pretty much nine seven ninety seven. But the last couple weeks, he's been. You know, his efficiency has sort of waned. He's averaging 3.6, 2.3, 3.5 yards per carry. But they're still giving him a boatload of touches. He's just getting 20 touches every week, which is something very few running backs you could say about. And going up against, you know, San Francisco, it's going to be a much better result. Last time he played San Francisco, 22 for 110 and two tutties and a 40-yard catch. For a pretty huge fucking game, if you ask me. I would say that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like to see it. I like to see that little and, twitching and, running back having some nice games. And let's be honest, the Cardinals are, are a team on a mission right now. I mean, it's a it's right now it looks like a collision course. And if you have to, you know, between them and, and Carolina, uh, you know, Green Bay is going to have their say in there. But I'm going to tell you what, the, the most feared team that I would fear right now in the NFC is definitely Arizona because it's a balance of defense and offense. When you look at, at Carolina, they got the defense, but that offense is just too inconsistent. And with Green Bay, that that offense is not as dominant as it used to be, and the defense is not that good. So I, it's all Arizona to me. Defense wins championships, and both the one thing about the Panthers and the Cardinals, both teams have been kind of it's been brewing. You know, it's been coming up the last few years. You've seen it. When Palmer went down last year, they were the best. They were 8 0 or something. Last year, they could have been. You've seen it from them, and the same thing goes with River uh, Boat Ron and their team. You've kind of seen them on the the rise. So, uh, good, good, good stuff. So, the 49ers, I bought Bears 49ers tickets uh, in the preseason. 49ers are one of my favorite teams. Wanted to go see that game. I have officially put them up on StubHub. Oh it's boy. gonna be cold. It's gonna be the. It's in two weeks. I'm not. I'm just, you know, Forget I, about I, it. I'm gonna lose literally a hundred bucks. I just. I drink so much of these games. I'm just. I figured I don't care about making losing money on the tickets. All right. I just don't want to have to spend the extra two hundred and fifty dollars on drinking at the game and the bar afterwards. So they're on StubHub. Go grab them. If any of you guys want, <laughs> I'm not going to the game. I'm watching fantasy football. All right, let's go to the uh, Steelers. Coming off a bye. With Ben Roethlisberger. Because they don't have anybody else. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
taking on a tough Seahawks defense, though. So this is a game where the matchups really will be tested. This is strength versus strength, baby. Well, this is also, you got two teams that have underperformed this year that both have playoff aspirations. So this is like... I mean, how can you say the Steelers have underperformed? They've been out with their quarterback like half the season. Well, I mean... Le'Veon Bell's been out. Like, well, I think they've exceeded the expectations. Okay, well, if you want to, you want to exceed six and four. You're 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 judging it based on the the week by week and of all the things that have changed. I'm judging it based on preseason. They had all these expectations because preseason, Bartavis Bryant wasn't suspended for four games, and you you didn't have all these things that were hanging over them. So yes. And, and you looked at this division, this was the team that everybody was jumping on and was loving what they were doing offensively and, and, and all the things in the weapons with Antonio Brown coming off the season that he had and Martavis Bryant and all the other stuff. So that's where, all, that's where I'm going. Yes, you want to go play week by week, we can, we, can, we can make that argument. But I'm going by preseason. So these are two teams. Seattle, who is, you know, could have won the Super Bowl, and now they're a team that may not make the playoffs to now both teams – Kind of hitting their stride, right? And, and again, you're right. Strength versus strength. So I got my diatribe out. I mean, like, you can't sit Antonio. You can't, no. you can't sit Martavis. Like, who, like, are they going to shadow Antonio Brown or do you just play sides? I think you have to figure that they're going to be throwing the ball because I don't think you can really count on a big D'Angelo game. Yeah, I mean, D'Angelo's been okay. Well, he's been solid, but... I mean, last couple games, he's been less and less... Or last game. Last game. Because they didn't play last week. The game before that, he, he was awful. I don't think he's had positive yards rushing the ball. But he's got a week off, and he's always a guy that is, performs better when he's fresh. But again, I don't like it in this game because this is at Seattle. And, and Seattle is coming off of... Uh, is this their first home game since the loss at home? Got me. So, but they just had that recent loss at home. I, I, I it's an angry type defense. But I, I, think, don't, I don't give a shit about Seattle being angry anymore. I don't either. Well, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, here's, where, here's where I'm going. But I, one, one thing I do like is you were talking about you know they're hungry because they're fresh. My balls are fresh because of fresh, fresh balls. <laughs> fresh balls are sponsor. We gotta give them out, and they're hungry as well. When they're fresh, they're hungry. Fresh balls. I think, though, where I don't believe that Seattle's defense is what it was in, in the years past. Because now we've, we've seen Cam Chancellors come back, and they've not been the, 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 the changing, dominating defense that they've been. But with a hobbled Ben Roethlisberger, I'll still take my chances there. Because they've made some just boneheaded... Now, is it Dan Quinn? Now, maybe this is a good question to ask. Is it Dan Quinn? Because... There have been some plays where it's like guys are just not in the right position, and all of a sudden it's like broken coverage and easy. Of course, players. it's a big part of it. No, that that's the players. Broken coverage is always on the players. No, no, <laughs> but, but it's a big part of it when you got a guy that's that, that's that great of a, a defensive coordinator brings you to two Super Bowls, and then now you've got it's a the coach. There's a lot you've got, of you got a, you got a defense coordinator. I'm spacing his name right now, but this guy's younger. He's like your age. He's young. He's young. This player. He played. He played. Well, he's a little older, dude. But he played with Carson Palmer in college ten okay. years ago. Okay. You know, this guy's ten. This guy's like thirty-two years old. Obviously, the players are the ones to play the game. But Dan Quinn leaving, it's it's a big deal. I mean, because it's like the continuity of that whole defense and the way that they ran their meetings and the way that all the different things happened. Whatever it is, Richard Sherman has not looked ever 
as bad as he's looked this year. Did you? Th- does that surprise you though? Well, you know, you know, got his money. He's got. They're not going to win the Super Bowl again. They're going to fall off fast. It, it's, it's you know what that happens it, when you're a Super Bowl caliber team. It's also because it was. It seems like there's always been all the pressure because the Seattle defense has been what it's always been. The thing that I was saying when we were coming into this, but Sherman's been asked to do a lot more than he was ever asked to do before, and he's struggled trying to be be that other guy. He's not. He's really not a guy that can follow any type of... He's not a Patrick Peterson. You can't just deploy him and say, you cover Larry Fitzgerald all game and, and it's all you. No, he can't do it. He's got to stay on his one side. He's got to be where he is. And he needs to have the safety of an Earl Thomas behind him. It's like, it's they're more of like a whole thing about a defense in unison that works together, where as, as opposed to having the superstar that is, yes, you could be shut down and I can shut you down anywhere on the field. They don't have that. I'll tell you this. I hope that Sherman traces Antonio Brown the whole game. And gets and worse. Just gets gets worse. Worse. Uh, he will. And then at the <laughs> end of the will. game, Antonio Brown goes, You're going to put a sorry ass cornerback like Sherman on me? <laughs> Fuck you, Sherman. We're happy to see you crash and burn, you fuckface. Hate that guy. San Francisco 49ers fan. <laughs> just not a Seahawks. Not a four, not, Those not cocky a son of Here's the thing about the Seahawks. Now it's now it's Russell Wilson's too much of a play. He's a, he's at LA. He's a star. It's all his bull stuff. <laughs> the thing is, as bad as they've been, they've still dominated wide receivers. You know, they're like 120 yards a game to wide receivers and just three fucking touchdowns on the season. So what do you do with Martavis Bryant? Do you start him? <laughs> I mean, how can you sit that guy? Know how you can, you I don't know how you can sit that guy. That guy's sick. Like, he he makes plays in the open field, and he's a red zone weapon. Like, I think this is a good... Like, this so, is going to okay. be a game to watch. Do you start anyone... You're, you're starting Antonio, you're starting Martavis, you're starting Big Ben. I mean, maybe you start Heath Miller. And I think you got to start D'Angelo. Just because of volume. See, but, I mean, at this point, D'Angelo's yeah, okay, a stud okay. for you. Unless Remember. You, unless you have, like, he's no, a stud. I know, I know. I know. But it depends on what your matchups and options are. D'Angelo is a guy that I would consider. I, I, I worry about them because again, he's, he's a running a, back he's, two he's more a, than a running back and one. And he's also an older. He's also an older running back who's gotten a lot more work this year than he ever thought he was going to get. And you know, we saw what happened when he was getting the heavier workload in, um, uh, you know, in in, in, uh, in Carolina. So I'm worried that you now at this point in time in his. At the time, I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm concerned, especially if Seattle's defense has not been horribly exposed on the ground. So, I mean, it's still a hard team to run against. I, 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 would, I trust. They're going to run the ball. I trust in Roethlisberger. I trust in Antonio. I trust in Martavis. I'm not trusting in, in D'Angelo in this game. But Steelers got it. I just want them. I want them to close this thing out nicely. I really like that team. I, I, I've always, I, I, do you remember my preseason? Go back and listen to the other podcast. Um, the glory of fantasy points that was there. Had yeah. everyone been healthy? Le'Veon Bell was my number one running back. I had uh, Martavis Bryant was up in my like, number like 12 or 14 wide receiver. Before was, the suspension, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So we were all on board. All on board. Which <sighs> makes for next year is going to be a real exciting team to go. You want what's going to be exciting for my liver? Is this Valverde? Okay, a limousine that can fly. Now I have seen everything. Really? Have you seen a man eat his own head? 
No. So then you haven't seen everything. <laughs> what do we got next? So, well, we got to go to the Seahawks side. Rawls. Thomas, Thomas Rawls. He's the man now. He's the man. I think it's done. Sports hernia? Think it's surgery? Is it done? I mean, why we'll know more not? by later in the week, but he's already pretty much been pronounced out for week 12. Which why would they not just say Rawls show? They're not going to resign. I'd say... It's been a huge week. Maybe they're doing this as, as a uh, favor to Marshawn Lynch and trying to save him face for whatever contract he'll be able to sign with whoever else. Makes he'll sense. suck money out of that uh, next he year. He will not be on the team next year. No, he's definitely not on the team next year. Rawls era in effect. And doesn't, doesn't Rawls fit the perfect mold for what Seattle wants to do? Oh, undrafted free agent? Boom. Cheap. Cheap. Jeez. We have you under control for how many years? Base and we can and we can run you thirty times a game and not give a rat's ass. Marshawn Lynch's base salary is like eight point five or nine million next year. He gone. Rawls's is like two hundred fifty. No, it's five hundred fifty. Now here's one thing that I, I've been reading about Rawls. He went to. He started out at Michigan. Yeah. Uh, didn't have a good situation. This guy is borderline genius. He's like one of the smartest guys in the league. Really? Borderline genius might be going or overstepping it. But while he was in Michigan, this guy did like 40 hours his first summer with the team. 40 hours of school. Like just he's like this is a smart dude. They called him little beast mode in college. This is a guy that's got his head on his shoulder. Didn't go highly drafted. The whole the whole sphere on him is smart, hungry, Athletic, strong. I mean, everything points. A great team. Uh, <coughs> this guy is legit. So if you're in dynasty leagues and you have him on your team, good grief. Is that a good one? Well, look, he fits everything that they want from a running back. And he, and he does, uh, he, he can catch the ball too. So. Yeah, they don't like to use him in that role. They still like Fred Jackson as more of the third down back. They, well, they but, compartmentalize there. But and that I, I think that's, that's more. Of the I role. think that's also uh, that's also um, Wilson yeah. dropping it off a bit more this year, not taking the chance or not pulling it under and running it for reasons we talked about. Russell Wilson smoked those 49ers again, though. <laughs> Just what he does. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, going up against the Steelers run, uh, Steelers defense that's sort of been underrated. Like these guys have been pretty fucking good. Uh, you know, is he gonna have a huge game, or is he just gonna have another Russell Wilson sixteen to eighteen fantasy points, which is what I expect? <laughs> he had his best game of the year last week, right? Yep, yep, yep. But and uh, I'm surprised that didn't coincide with Jimmy Graham. Really? You're no. <laughs> wow, why not? My sarcasm level is full, 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 full level it's, there. It's so bad for Powerade in their commercials with that whole thing. Like, we're all started somewhere. And they got the little, like, really light-skinned black kid with the red hair, like, getting beaten up. And then he's doing push-ups, playing hoops. And they're playing it in the fourth quarter of a game when the guy they're trying to tout... Has two catches for 19 yards. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to like build a campaign around a guy that gets is gets, doesn't get any stats. Well, this is just a, not a good offense for Jimmy Graham and 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 Jimmy Graham. I fucking told you they threw it 200 times less than the Saints. That's all that matters. 
Vomited. I remember that as well. <laughs> I do, and I do too. I remember that I was that on as the well. other side. I, I, I'm not, and I'm I, willing ten to touchdowns. admit, <laughs> I'm willing to admit my fault. I thought for sure that when they got to red zone, and I thought, again, and I was right about the, 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 the death of the Marshawn Lynch, that eventually this was going to come to an end, and I thought that, wow, here's your opportunity of a guy who, who's been the jump fade corner pass guy for, for so many years for, for Drew Brees, that why wouldn't this be for another short mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson? And they never used it, and he never did it, and it never happened. Here's the last thing we'll say about this game, and I think it's really important. That Super Bowl, that last play of the game, everyone's like, oh, they're going to come back with vengeance. They're going to come back with fire and all that stuff. It broke them. That play yeah. broke the whole situation. People were questioning everyone. Everyone starts getting paid. Some people don't. Think about a Cam Chancellor. He came back after week three or four or whatever. Was a spark for two weeks. Didn't get another penny. And now they realize, wow, you're not. We're, you're kind of what we thought you were. You're a great player. but So now he didn't even get anything. Think about, no, no, you're right, though. Think about the, the mindset of it the broke. player from when Jermaine Curse makes the catch. And all of a sudden, all these things are happening, and you're at the one-yard line. And in your mind, what are you sitting there? If you're a guy on the sideline, you're going, we just won oh, back-to-back yeah. Super Bowls. We just got all the... And then you're right. Now, all of a sudden, from instead of having all the adulation all summer, it's all questions, and it's scrutiny, and it's... And it's, and it's uh, what, both sides of the ball, uh, on the defense... Uh, all players to staff. There's a reason why teams that lose Super Bowls uh, most times for the last 10 years or 15 years have had struggles to make the playoffs the next year. Yeah. Because all you're being is louder with, why didn't you get it? What what, what was the problem? What, how did you struggle? And all, and all of a sudden, now you start doubts. And, and the, the Seahawks, I think, will lose this game. I do not think the Seahawks will make the playoffs. This all, right. Year. all right, let's move on to the... Um, I really like you. There's no chance we can ever be together. Only if you could promise me you'll never die. You know I can't promise that. If you did that, I would make love to you right now. Something just anything. Like, I <laughs> will no doubt about it. Win the 2016 GOP presidential election this year. Let's fuck. I, I will never poop again. <laughs> I will no doubt fill in the blank, mad lib, adjective. <laughs> I'll never poop again. Oh my god. This oh, I'm gonna stop there. Let's go on. Patriots at Broncos. Is the game over? Not quite yet. We got two minutes left. With the Patriots up by seven. What's seven? The, What's the score? Twenty to thirteen. I, I really need uh, Goskowski to not make another field goal. I'd appreciate that. He's Twenty. How many is he? Have? What? How, how many, many points does Goskowski have? Field goals and X points. Sorry, I know that this is important. Eight fantasy points. So two. Hello, I will. Jerk off. Now I'll never jerk off again to have sex to win this game. What am I wearing? You want the girl to say I, something no. to you in bed that you would have sex with her. No, no God said to me, 
if you want to win this game, will you never jerk off? <laughs> I will never jerk off again to win this game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna get one thing straight after. I don't trust you. And if you betray us, I'll rip your fucking balls off and stuff them up your ass so that the next time you shit, you'll shit all over your balls. Got it? You got it? I love it. Okay, so Patriots at Broncos. Too bad this isn't gonna be Manning against Brady. Too bad dogs I'm not so around. So tired here. of that goddamn story. I agree. Right. I agree. Fine. Move on. <laughs> but it's as a Brady fan, you wouldn't be. If you were living with dogs for so long <laughs> as a Manning fan, you'd be exploiting this. But I won't. Go on. I digress. Brock Osweiler, you know, came out, did some good things, took care of the ball, you know, didn't take too many chances down the field, but you saw the things you wanted to see. You saw the athleticism. You saw him able to move around in the pocket. You saw him able to make all all the throws. You also saw him playing against a Bears defense that was with a, a, a limited per now McPhee. Uh, defense is not able to really put pressure on the quarterback. A defense that made the 29th rated run offense look pretty goddamn good with Ronnie Hillman. Oh, well, it's a starting that, point. It's a good defense, right? It's a starting point. The Bears? Yeah, it's a pretty good defense. They're as, but, as, a, but, as a whole. Okay, they play a good defensive game, but again, at the same time, you have their top defensive players were limited in this game, and and all I'm saying is who cares about that? No, no what, what I'm saying is because what I'm saying is they're going against the Denver defense that is the top defense in the league. He's going against his own defense. The, uh, I'm sorry, okay. Patriots. Yeah. What is he going <laughs> to do about Belichick? But that's the problem because Belichick takes away what you do well. And I will tell you what, they're not going to run the ball against New England like they did against Chicago because they're going to take that away. And you know what what, what uh, Belichick's going to do? He's going to say, force Brock to beat me. So, can I be honest? In this situation, I don't think they're that worried about the running game. I think they'd rather stop uh, the passing game and say, beat us with your running game. I really do. I just think that they're not... Listen, I'm talking about the 29th rated running game that ran against the Bears. I'm saying they're not going to run against New England. I'm saying they're going to force Brock to have to beat them because now that they're going to have to pay extra attention to the running game, they're going to stop the running game. This is C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman. How many yards does... uh, Hillman gets 40 yards and Anderson gets 30 yards. What's that? McCoy. And that... And, and, and is Carlos Williams? Sorry, there there are fantasy implications here. Trying to trying to have unbelievable the, records. There Sean are no fantasy implications for yards. Well, eighty-two yards uh, and thirty-seven receiving. Well, Sean also has that touchdown, so he's got like twenty points. And then Carlos Williams has six four eleven. All right, thank you. Um, all right, well, let's let's just say About this the game. Patriots. This game, yeah. This game isn't going to be what we thought it was four or five weeks ago. Have you seen? And this does happen in in fans in NFL football often. Have you seen a team that literally you thought four weeks ago was winning the Super Bowl potentially with the juggernaut defense and a great offense that now you basically have a new era of a quarterback? You just don't know what's going on, and they've. They should have lost the game to the Bears, I think. I'm sure there's a parallel somewhere. I'm sure there's a parallel somewhere. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I was thinking of Star Trek episode 17. Log? 
Log. What do you think? Do you think? <laughs> I mean, do you think this is terrible for the Broncos, or do you think they they they're still relevant? The thing is, I think Belichick against quarterbacks and their first or second loss is like fifteen and two or something. So I I, I don't think this is going to be a good game for the Broncos, but I th- I think they're able to do some things. Uh, but it's going to be a very limited sort of game plan. We saw how they sort of almost went with that more Kubiak style offense. Uh, you know, they went with that full sort of bootleg this is, scheme. That's what I was reading today. Was that everyone's talking about how it's the end of the Manning era, or the start of the Brock Osweiler era? It's the, it's the start of the Kubiak era. And, and this era is also endeavor. why you saw Vernon Davis become a big role in the offense. And because, wow. Daniels was well, no, good as well. But, but again, but, yeah. but especially Vernon Davis, who just came into this offense. And, but, and, and and the but the fact tight that, end, tight that end. is what Kubiak's oh, offense is. Yes, tight ends are going to be involved in this game. They're going to be big. They're going to try to get their the the zone Game-locking, running game. Zone-locking. So okay, so this is this is curious. So this is what we're going to find out is what they did against the Bears as a poor running offense. But now again, why were they a poor running offense? And we can go back and we can dissect it because you can say because they had Peyton Manning who could not run the offense under center which is where Kubiak wants his offense run from, and they had to go shotgun, so that killed the effectiveness of the running game. Or is it going to be that, you know, when we see when Osweiler now is taking the ball under center, that that, that changes? I'm, I'm curious to see, but I'm still going to bet on Belichick and bet on New England, and I'm not. And he, the only benefit that Broncos have is that it's in Denver. It's the last thing I'm going to say about this game. The fact that you were hearing... That Peyton Manning wasn't involved with the team all week. He wasn't there, essentially. Right. Yeah, I'm sure he's injured. I'm sure all that stuff. And then the fact that you heard on Sunday from pro football uh, sports or whatever the, the NBC uh, product is, that Peyton Manning is going to play next year, even if he's if it's not with the Broncos, tells me that the Manning deal is done there. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be the quarterback for them in the playoffs. Brock might stink it up. But if Brock plays well over the next week or two, they're running with him. I said that, yeah. I run it. They're running. I picked him up in, in every league I'm in. I've got Brock. I should have started him, and I started Bortles this week because I always friggin' get fired up, and I want to play watch guys on Thursday, and I, it bites me in the ass, but... I, I don't, I, I really, to be honest, I don't think Peyton Manning, and you want to like, watch today on the NFL Network, think the same thing, Champ Bailey's like, Peyton's done, Peyton's out, Peyton's out in Broncos, he's like, I think I think Brock Osweiler's the guy they're going with. I sat next to a Bronco fan at the game yesterday, I'm like, what do you think? He's like, I think Peyton, I'm like, do you really think that? He's like, I'm one of the few people that thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. And this guy was huge. He was bigger than Brock Osweiler. I had the biggest guy in the whole stadium sitting next to me. I'm like, dude, you're too big. Go on. Uh, I think it's the Brock show for as long as it sort of continues. They have to see what they have in terms of a long-term quarterback because they want this to be a dynasty. <laughs> That's what you know. John Elway has always sort of said. He wants sustained success in Denver, and you're not going to get that with Peyton Manning at this point. So I think you got to show up, let the guy do it. And, yeah, the, what Osweiler is going to do well is he is going to run the Kubiak offense well. 
And he can do that because of the rollouts. He's got some athleticism. He's got Gosh. size to see over the line. Like, is he the next, maybe, you know, Jake Plummer sort of type of guy? Like, that? that's a guy who he sort of reminds me of. He's sort of got a big arm. Uh, he can manage an offense, take care of it a little bit, and... That's not a horrible comparison, and, and the, the difference is that he's six inches taller than Plummer. Yeah. So you know to be able to have that vision because that was that was a lot of the problem with, with with the snake was that he would get out there and then all of a sudden he'd make some stupid throws. Like what are you thinking? What, what was going on? Jake the and, Snake won me a champion. And, but this is the whole thing. I, 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 There's never ever a problem with Jake the Snake. <laughs> I, I want to agree with you. Look, look, you look at John Elway and what he's done with Denver. Just to take this from like a, a bigger John Denver. John Elway is done with Denver. <laughs> Rocky Mountain John Denver lived in Colorado and was Rocky Mountain High. But All right, Smellas, we're coming into the, the uh, home stretch here with the Monday night game. The End of November, we're heading into December, and we are going to have the Ravens at the Browns. Matt Damon. We're going to try and cruise through this one. Matt Damon. Because that's what you do. Because it's, look at look at the Ravens. Everyone's, yeah, it's, Everyone's on the Ravens is a non-starter. You have every backup from the, the roster at the beginning of the year. Crockett Gilmore, what up? <laughs> See, but that's the thing. It's like Crockett Gilmore. He had a great game last week, and you would say, "Well, maybe he could, uh, you know, do it again now." But it's Matt Schaub coming in. You have no idea. Matt Schaub running Mark Trussman's office in Baltimore with a bunch of also rans. I don't know. Schaub's always been a tight end guy. Trussman's a tight end guy. Gilmore's a tight end. They've got no running back. And, I mean, maybe. Let them have it. If it's going to be anybody, right? Yeah, fine. <laughs> if it's someone, if someone, if you're doing it your BFS, if you were, do, it, do your Gilmore. It sucks if you were a Kamar Aiken buyer with the, the, the Joe Flacco situation because uh, now that's gone. You have no idea. This is where it's all going to be. It's going to take a week to figure out where Matt Schaub is going to really want to lay that ball into. Well, and remember, last time we saw Matt Schaub, he was throwing interceptions correct. galore. Well, they were all going then, for touchdowns. And then they were all going for touchdowns. And then he, like, wasn't he almost the starter in that was Oakland, Oakland last year? Right. And then he got Derek benched Carr. for Derek Carr, like, before the, for the fucking season even started. Yeah. Well, this is why when I put Crockett Gilmore in the, uh, the waiver wire piece this week. But I put mention into it. I would not pick him up this week. I would uh, use a wait-and-see approach, see what happens with Matt Schaub at quarterback, and see what this offense really looks like before you start divesting any, you know, investing anything into a Crockett Gilmore. Right Let's now. move him over to the other side, <laughs> unless you got one last thing. Is the quarterback whisperer going to strike again? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I think no. not. <laughs> uh, it's Trubs. Too bad, Ravens. Yeah. The Ravens have had a, a tough season. Browns, obviously, they season. finally go Johnny football for the remainder of the season. I think that's a smart call. Who knows what's going to happen? I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and try and back uh, an NFL career of, of, of Manziel, but what? it's a little more exciting. <laughs> it's a little more exciting to watch. What do you think? Um... Do we just want to talk about this game? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Cool. We don't what, need to what Browns are there to really talk about? You, you're not getting the Gary Barnage, the only Brown he's the only we're one. talking about. 
And he's been adversely affected by, you know, the starting of Manziel. Last week he got a touchdown, though. Manziel looks pretty good. You know I mean, what it is? Gary Barnage has been so good for the Browns that even with Manziel, he gets numbers, but the numbers, those god godly, uh, amazing numbers he was putting up under McCown, like two weeks, maybe three, are not going to happen. They're not. Barnage was awesome for like a six-week stretch. He was the second-best tight end to Gronk. No doubt about it. But also, the one thing we saw was the dynamic shift by Johnny, where he's throwing 350-plus yards, and including Barnage. So, it's kind of like one of those etch-a-sketches, where maybe, just possibly, (laughs) after doing a nice little drawing, left-right, all these things, we're shaking it up, we're shaking it up, and we don't know what we're going to get. And that will make for the kind of Monday Night Football, the game that, as we said at the beginning of the show, probably is terrible for fantasy football, but could make for a good fan, uh, NFL game. I think I'm going to go see Spectre, the James Bond movie, next yeah. month on, on Monday. <laughs> you guys want to go? I think that sounds like a lot better idea. I'd much rather go see game. Creed. Ooh. That out this, is that that's double feature, baby. Let's go double feature. <laughs> Do any of you uh, nerd balls have your uh, Star IMAX? Wars tickets? Yeah. No, I don't have them. Yet. I got mine. There you go. Someone's got to do it. IMAX, oh yeah, center on. Are you wearing your stormtrooper outfit? Uh, no, I'm wearing my uh, uh, outfit. My pissinator. <laughs> Pissinator. Yeah, I'm gonna have some brews before. Oh. I, got a, I got a bad, I got a bad uh, uh, bladder, so I don't want it to leave. So I'll just pee. Baxter, <laughs> I think we can metamorphose safely now. Time for Star Wars. However, a dollar, guys. We don't need to talk about fantasy football anymore tonight, guys. I love you. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, Houdini. You and your fiance, you deserve it, and your family. Stag party, I know your dad's in town. I hope it was great to see him uh, this weekend and spend some time with him this weekend. It's what it's all about. Family, Thanksgiving, any of our listeners, any of our pyros, you know, take the time, reach out to the family members that you're not talking to, enjoy, be with your family. Be the one that cuts the turkey. Do the dishes. Be the one that said, be the first one to say what you're thankful for and, and be thankful. Be and, thankful. Be thankful. And I'm thankful for football. Do, boop, boop. do your part. It's a big time. It's a it's an important thing. The holidays, I know, bring different things out in different people, but at the end of the day, you are alive. You're into fantasy football. Hopefully you've been listening to us year round and you're in the in the in the hunt. Come on, life is good. You live in America, maybe, if you don't. Fuck yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you didn't go listening to me and selecting uh, Travis Kelsey in the fourth round. <laughs> he admitted it! He admitted it! That, right. that was a sideways admission. Hey, well, the best part about it, it's still an admission. The best part about this one is when I said I'll go back and look. When we have these kind of arguments and these bets, I shit you not. There are a couple people out there that like, I'll go find <laughs> the audio that, that will that will prove you right. So I don't really have to do the legwork. That's why we love you, Pyros. You guys are the best. You're the best. We so, love you guys. Happy holidays. Talk I'm, about I want to say what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for music. Yeah. I'm thankful for music. And I'm thankful today to bring you Jimmy McGriff, one of the greats when it comes to the uh, electric organ. And electric organ is a... 
wow, you don't hear enough electric organ anymore, and you heard it a lot back in the in the seventies, and 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 I'm bringing it to you. What you got, Stag? Is he pro? Perhaps related to Fred, Fred McGriff? McGriff? The only McGriff I've ever heard oh, of. The best. <laughs> or Crime Dog McGriff. Fred McGriff swing, dude. That thing was about as sweet of an uppercut. You never know. Yeah. This could be Freddie McGriff's grandfather. Ooh, so right, I guys. give you Freddie McGriff getting a little crisscross. We love you. Let's win this.
We're reckless, arrogant, stupid dicks. And the Film Actors Guild are pussies. And Kim Jong-il is an asshole. Pussies don't like dicks. Because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes. Assholes who just want to shit on everything. Pussies may think they can deal with assholes their way. But the only thing that can fuck an asshole is a dick with some balls. The problem with dicks is that sometimes they fuck too much or fuck when it isn't appropriate. Yes, Gary, yes. And it takes a pussy to show them that. But sometimes pussies get so full of shit that they become assholes themselves. Because pussies are only an inch and a half away from assholes. I don't know much in this crazy, crazy world. But I do know that if you don't let us fuck this asshole, we are gonna have our dicks and our pussies all covered in shit. Lisa, I'm crazy about you. Will you please forgive me if I can... You had me a dick's fuck asshole. Matt Damon. <laughs> I'm not, you can laugh. No, I'm not gonna laugh. You guys are insane. Oh my God. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We're really, we're really rolling it in. Dick's I think a lot of us are gonna shit. Assholes. A lot of us are gonna shit. Just wait for the Christmas episode. <laughs> Uh, what's, the, what's the first night of Hanukkah? The fifth or sixth? It's coming up. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like a week away. You've already got your post scheduled. You shut up. Shut. You know, you got, they don't know. Other people don't know this. I love you guys. Good night. Man. Allah. Let's win this week. Let's bring it home. Pyros. Uh, out. <laughs>